What's up, Sifters? Welcome to Game Face 27 for reals this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we mean it. This show, the show's recording, Tony. Is that right? And we and nothing's gonna go wrong. This show's gonna be all good, right? Well, you can't. Don't say that. <laughs> you never say it. that. <laughs> we do want to apologize for the first attempt at episode twenty-seven, which has now become the lost episode of Game Face, and hopefully the only one that will ever ever happen. Uh, we just had problems with our TriCaster, crazy electronics. Sometimes they do crazy things, uh, but we should be all good for this episode, and it's good to be back. How are you feeling, yeah. Matt? Pretty good. It's been a while. Yeah, it feels and like it has been a hot minute or two. Busy day. It's been a crazy day. <laughs> yeah, we want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out and for an extra hour. Usually we do the show at 6 Pacific, but we push it to 7 because today was a huge, huge day in video games. Uh, Sony did its, uh, un- unexpectedly, did an yeah. amazing press conference today at Paris Games it's Week. It's like E3 Part 2. Basically. It really was. It was pretty much up to scratch with their E3 yeah. press conference, I would say. Maybe a slight cut below, but they skipped Gamescom for this, and I think it's probably the right move. They have mm-hmm. this sh- show. I don't even know if it is a show, <laughs> or is it just people like walking around Paris, like like I don't know, saying, I, I, I love video games. I was only half aware it was even happening. I, I know it did happen last year, but like there was no news that came out of it. So it no, it wasn't like anything. Sony itself is kind of turning it into its bi- its own big mm-hmm. event, and then Sony, of course, has its own event in Vegas in just like a month or two. Which makes me wonder how big that event's going to be after they kind of spilled the beans today. I don't know. Is, Paris, is the Paris thing open to the public? I don't know. I it, really know nothing about yeah, this show at all. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I've never had to pay attention to it before. Exactly. That's why I was so pleasantly surprised by what happened today. It's like uh, I was working, and I had the live stream kind of playing in the background, and I had it, you know, we had it up on Sifted, and I was kind of looking at the comments people were leaving in the live stream. And so I just kind of put it in the background. It was like background noise. I had a bunch of stuff I was trying to get done. And after like 10 minutes in, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, what is going what? on here? So I flipped it over. I started watching it. And it was just like, boom, 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 one thing after another. So we're going to talk about a ton of the stuff that they showed today, uh, in, in addition to some other things. Obviously, the big news of the week for Sifted, finally, after much hmm. talk, I unveiled the new show. The new show is Pactor Factor with Michael Pactor. Exclusively on Sifted. Really excited about that. Shot the first round of episodes with him yesterday. They came out great. Uh, the first uh, episode would debut this Saturday on Sifted. Uh, spread the word, everybody. I know I'd asked you guys in the last episode we did to tweet and retweet and things like that. I think we got like 10 retweets. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was a lost episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was definitely hoping for, for some more action. So when the show goes up uh, this Saturday, it would be awesome if you guys could retweet that out to all your followers. Even if you have five followers, it doesn't matter. Um, every little bit helps when you're a small company like us. So, you know, anything you can do to help push out Pactor to the masses, everyone's going to thank you for it anyway because everyone's really excited for it. I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by the response to it. Uh, we, we did get, like, a little influx of subscribers already. And uh, I'm sure once the show launches, it'll get even better. So really excited about that. I know Packer's excited about it. It had been since April of last year since he had done a show. So uh, wow, yeah, <laughs> it People had been a starving while. for the Pactor. Yeah, well, he when he first left, like he had kind of put it out there that he was working on Pactor Factor. And here's an interesting anecdote about the show. When I started talking to Pactor about it, I started talking to him seriously about it at E3, and actually the deal was kind of sealed at E3. And I've been talking about this new show since E3 <laughs> to just let you know all the work that I put in to try to make this happen. 
And uh, so we finally kind of consummated the deal at E3, and it's been like mm. a process of like figuring out what the show is going to be. But anyway, we were trying to come up with a name for the show, and I had I was kind of like checked out for a little bit whenever he left GT, and I didn't see that he had already kind of promoted the show as Packer Factor, and uh, I came up with the show show name Pack in Business. It's like a double entendre. It's like, you know, he's back, but it also right. says, you know, he works in the business side of games, right. and he just shot it down. He's like, no, 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 no. The show's going to be called Pactor Factor. And I was like, why is he so hung up on that name? And I started, like, searching on Twitter, and I could see where he had left GT. Mm. He started promoting that name way back when. So you got you got to cruise the brand. Yeah. <laughs> so I relented, and I let Pactor choose the name of his show. Um, I think it's still, <laughs> still a good name. That's good. Yeah, so... Really excited about that. Again, uh, any promotion, promotional help you guys can give us for that show will be greatly appreciated. And at the end of the day, the better Sifted does, the better it is for you guys as subscribers. So that's just more money we have to make the site better and bring in even more talent like we have with uh, Pactor. So the more you support the site, the better yeah. it gets for everybody. So keep that in mind. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is I just got an email from Brent, who is the engineer who built Sifted, and the forums are ready for beta testing. So anybody who's watching this show archived on Sifted, if you're interested in beta testing the forums, just leave a comment in this show, in the show thread, and uh, we'll get you into the beta. I took a quick look at them. They're pretty rough. So don't go in and expect them to be all polished and, and brand new. It's a beta. So we want you to get in and help us make it better and add stuff that you may want. They're pretty... Get in there and break it. Yeah, exactly. Go in and break it. Find stuff that we can fix and... Uh, to make them better. I will say that they are already like crazy feature rich. They've been hand built from the ground up. They don't use like that same like generic mm -hmm. like form uh, forums that you see on like NeoGAF and like there's a hockey uh, forum that I go to called HF Boards. Like tons of forums use that same mm -hmm. kind. I think it's called V Bulletin or whatever. Yeah, V Bulletin. Yeah. yeah, it's not V Bulletin. We literally built these just like Sifted from the ground up custom. So. Brent has his uh, hands in it, and pretty much anything we tell him that we want to do to them, he can do it. So uh, if you're interested in helping make the forums better, we can get you in on the beta. We can start working on them together. Obviously, the more people we have, the better they're going to be. And I'm sure you guys are kind of incentivized to do it anyway. So lots of stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're gonna, this is going to be a long show already. Yeah. So let's just, get to Buckle the, up. let's just get to the big six. All right, so most of the stuff we're going to talk about today, well, actually not even most, because we are going to talk about two really big games, mm -hmm. one that came out last week and one that just came out today. Um, but otherwise, most of the content is going to be around Sony's presser. But the first topic we're going to talk about is a game that was announced last week that I just thought was really cool, and it was a new idea, and I thought it might really generate some good discussion. And that game is called One Life. And so to explain to you kind of the gist of how it works is basically you get what the title says. You get one life in this game. It's a first-person shooter, and when you die, your account is basically done. Yep. You can't log in again. You can't play the game again. So, Matt, all the years we've been covering games mm. and just playing and loving games, I've never seen anything like this. Do you think that this has a chance to succeed? Mm. It's $10, by the way. I should yeah, mention 10 that. Bucks. It costs $10 per account. I... I mean, like, it's not a... Like, you look at the... Like, if you look at, like, the pitch sheet, like, you know, the theoretical pitch sheet, it's not a bad idea. And there's a lot of ways you can, you know... Once you down someone, they're not necessarily dead-dead. Like, you can, like, 
execute them if you want, or you can like make them like you make them your prisoner. You can like make them like a like a servant or something. You know, like like basically like there's there's things you can do with a player that aren't just killing them. So maybe it won't. But I like. Having played enough online competitive shooters in my time, they're, gonna kill like, you. they're just going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not. I mean, have you ever played DayZ? These people just want you dead. Yeah. These people just all want you dead. And here's the and thing, too. Like, do you want them to not kill you? Like, do you want to become a slave or like? Because the other part of it too is like, there's like crafting and like you build vehicles mm-hmm. and there's like a survival element to you have it. Like you, a bus. Like you yeah, like, and you form yeah. clans and you roll around as a clan. I'm assuming wiping other people's accounts for fun. Like how, yeah, how, how do you even like form a clan? Like every, that's like the most uneasy truce. Think about <laughs> it. You're riding around in your car and you're like, this guy sitting behind yeah. me right now could just pull out his gun and just cap me. Or I'm riding behind you and I'm like, if he crashes, we all lose our games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but see, that's why that's why I brought this topic into the show because it does bring up all kinds of interesting mm-hmm. ideas that, like, on it, I'm surprised the game has never done this before. Kojima, uh, Kojima's original idea for Metal Gear Solid Two was that it, it was like a five dollar disc you'd buy, and if once if you died, you had to buy again another one. That was his original pitch for Metal Gear Solid Two, and Konami was like. No. Like, I, I, look, I can see with a disc-based game, no way. Yeah, well, I mean, that was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, in, in a sense, way ahead, you know, apparently, like, yeah. Like, and can you just imagine, like, the people going in, like, all right, here's 50 bucks, give me, like, 10 lives. You right. Know, like, uh, um, but, th- I mean, on some people are going to kind of cynically see this as sort of the... Uh, the natural end of microtrans... end game of microtransactions, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh... You don't get anything. It's yeah. like, here's... you know, pay us $5 and you can live again, kind of thing. Um... But, like, at least it's introducing a different kind of conflict and tension to a video game. You know, it's like, sometimes you kind of worry. It's like, what if, what if there's no more ideas? You know, and like, but now it's like, oh, I've never heard of that one before. Like, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's uh, I'm curious. Like, you've got my attention. I'll play it. Yeah. Just to see, it's like a social experiment. Now, do you know if, like, if, so if you get killed, do you know, are you, like, Banned from the game forever, or can you pay another ten dollars? No, you can and, pay and okay. get another account. And okay. that, that's sort of what I was thinking is that like maybe the ten dollars is a little too high. Maybe ten dollars I mean, per try is a lot when your fate is in the hands of like I mean you know yeah like this is some real this is some like carny sideshow shit. It so is. It's like you know <laughs> like how big is the bottle you want me to get the ring around at this point? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Like you know it's like it, I guess it depends like how if there's any kind of safeties in terms of. You know, you know, cancel. You know, like I mean, because I think everybody has like Day Z in their head or Day Z for the uh, Europeans, um, where like you know, you can spawn and like it's dark and you're naked and you don't know what, and then someone runs over and kills you with a hammer or something, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's over. Yeah, like like hopefully it's not like those like weird those survival like. I mean, there are survival elements to this. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a survival type game. It's. Me, I can imagine it'll be awesome if you're one of the top players. Like it, it like it must be you know being one of the, like the top elite players in this game is probably going to feel really good. But it, it's so easy to get killed. Yeah. I mean, anybody can turn on you at any time. How do you trust anyone ever? I mean, how do you ever become like how do you ever survive more than like a couple days? Like any first person shooter you play, you die a lot. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to get killed in a first-person shooter. Like, there's probably people who think that about, like, America, though. Like, <laughs> like, guns yeah. everywhere. Yeah. How do you make it through a day? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, everyone's got guns. How do you <laughs> get killed every day? <laughs> well, some people you're friends with and you drive a giant bus around. That's right. apparently the answer. And you it? pray that they don't shoot yeah. you in the back of the head. You never know. Yeah. But to <laughs> me, it's like, 
And I wouldn't be surprised if one it goes down to five dollars, which to me I think is that would be a, a more spot. yeah, that's a more kind of uh, impulse buy friendly. And a thing. dollar, they I think they would make more money at a dollar. A dollar would be an interesting attempt. Like it would be, I'm, I'm sure they'll experiment with that. You know, I'm sure like I can see like a Steam sale or a, a week like a special weekend where like lives are a dollar. It seems like they're being greedy out of the gate here. Maybe they're trying to cover their butts because they put X amount of dollars into the game. Like I don't know. It's mm-hmm. t- obviously like an indie game. It's not like by a big publisher. Yeah, I would. If, you know, considering that how you know it's kind of caught. You know, cer- certainly it's it's been written up in a lot of play- Kotaku and Polygon. And everyone like now that there's like eyes on the game. I, I would I would if I were them probably re- reevaluate my pricing on that. You know, I well there was like- that other game that just came out like a month ago. I cannot remember the name of it where. Once enough players died, the game ended. Oh, where everybody's like watching, yeah. and like the experience points go to the players, go no, to no, no, the, no. the viewers. No, I can't remember. It's called Breed or something like that. Oh, okay, I'm thinking about something else, which is a. It's got. A, it's like a two-word title. Anyone it's in like chat a, know what game I'm talking about? I, know, I, I, I was another. I'm thinking of another one. Where only eight. There's only one server, and only eight people play at a time. No, period. This is like a massively multiplayer, okay. like. Horror game where like there's a bunch of like creatures that run around and their okay. whole thing was like once enough people died I think it was like two hundred thousand people or whatever the game just ended hmm. and the game flopped like it got really bad reviews and like I don't think they ever even got to the place where enough people played it that they hit the number for the <laughs> game to end <laughs> ouch which doesn't bode well for this game actually because I mean look people are like okay well I can spend ten dollars on some other indie game that I can mm-hmm. play for forever. Or I could spend ten dollars on this game, where I could possibly last five minutes. I mean, that's an expensive five minutes, man. Hmm. You think about that. There yeah. it is. Uh, Oops, Upsilon Circuit. Oh, that's not the game I'm thinking okay. of. Okay, that's what I, I found that actually by accident looking for One Life on Google today. Oh, wow. And it's like eight. It's like a like I think it's like a dungeony kind of game, and it's like eight people play it once. And everyone else in the in the game is a, is an observer, but the trick is that like if someone dies, someone else takes over. Flock. And, like, Matthew called it. The game I'm talking about is called Flock. Flock. And a oh bunch of yeah, other, yeah, 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 yeah. And a bunch okay. of other people in chat were called yours out too. Oops on circuit. But in this, yeah. the interesting thing about Oops on circuit is um, when you get experience points, it doesn't go to the players; it goes to the to the spectators, and the spectators decide how to level the players up. Oh, interesting. So the players have to deal with like the hand the spectators gave it, which is like a double-edged sword because on one hand the spectators are like, kind of in a twitch place Pokemon way, probably want to see them succeed, but some yeah. of them probably want to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you kind of want to sabotage them a little bit so you right. get if you're there. So. So there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of interesting experimentation. It looks like coming, coming, coming down the pipeline. Like, I love it. I love that. seeing yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, it's a, it's a like it's an element of the game design that should be played with. Yeah, I still think it's too expensive. 10 yeah, bucks ten bucks is, too, is too expensive for that. Depending, on, I mean, again, we don't entirely know how durable you are, or how right. like you know how many options you have, or how likely the player. You know, there was a big argument in the Kotaku comments on uh, about on One Life about like you know. Like well, I would spare people, and people are like you don't play competitive shooters. Obviously, yeah. like you know, it would, it would just, you would live long enough to get teabagged, and that would be it. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, you're absolutely so, right. So, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I will definitely give it a go. Yeah. I hope it's cheaper, so I don't have to give up ten bucks to try it out. Yeah. But. <laughs> At the very least, I'll watch you play. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be a really good game to live stream. Oh, that would be a great hangout for sure. Because if you think about it, like. If you, How it, mad do you get? 
big a big hangout, and you can bring everyone can just bring tens. Right, and just, and just throw them yeah, down. just I'll set up a tip jar on yeah. PayPal or whatever. <laughs> and every time I die, one of uh, Sifter subscribers can uh, give me ten bucks, and I'll keep trying. <laughs> just like we're at the uh, at the slot machine in Vegas or whatever. So uh, maybe that's their whole plan. I mean, a lot of games are being developed now, thinking about streaming in yeah, mind. Yeah, I think it's a big streaming. Streaming game. I mean, and there'll be reaction sure. videos on YouTube, just like Five Nights at Freddy's, where people are like, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. Which will get even better if they're successful. That's the thing is, like, the more you succeed in that game, the more paranoid and horrified oh, yeah. you're going to get. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I don't know what the release date is for that game, actually. No, I didn't see. I mean, that's the first trailer they put out for it, but with indie games, sometimes the first trailer is like the launch trailer, so. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. I did do a little bit of research on it on their website, and their the game looks to be like it's made in Russia. Yeah, it look like the idea feels Russian. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think like, I went to the website, like... and the the English led me mm. to believe that it might be developed by Russians. Well, I mean, you can you can like if someone is like downed in front of you, like you can piss on them. I mean, oh it's yeah, that's like, right. It's, it's yeah. a like I'm like yeah, I can see the same culture that gave a stalker <laughs> giving right, us actually. this game. Like, is it? <laughs> You watch some of those driving videos, and you're like, no wonder people want to piss on Oh, yeah, on they each all other. have dash like, cams. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next topic. And the, this next topic, i got to say, is it is a, a game that was debuted, well, not even debuted, really, today at Sony's Presser. It's a game called Detroit. The Detroit Become Human. Become Human, The most yes. awkward title of 2015. Yeah. I don't know. There's some Japanese games that have some pretty awkward titles. This is, but... this is like the the infinite undiscovery of... <laughs> Of uh, European game titles, let's let's go that way. So, that. so to set this up, back in I believe it was 2012, David Cage, the mind behind games like <laughs> Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, uh, basically put out this tech demo for the PlayStation 3 that was supposed to be rendered in real time, um, and people kind of fell in love with it. And what it was, it's about this female. I don't know if it's a cyborg. It's just a it's robot. An android. An android. Yeah. So it's a female android who is basically built and born, and she's going through her, like, entry interview with the guy who built her, or the corporation that built her, and it's uncovered that she actually has feelings and emotion, and the guy is like, oh, well, we need to send you to the scrap heap, because Mm -hmm. you could be a problem, and she basically pleads and begs and says, no, I don't want to die, blah, 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 and he lets her live, and so... People got crazy attached to that little tech demo. I think it on YouTube has done like 50 million views or something absurd. And it was great. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, it tugged at my heartstrings pretty good when it came out. I remember talking about it on Invisible Walls back in the day. And it just went away. And here, three years later, at the Sony Paris Games Week press conference, out trots David Cage, or as they called him, David Cage, yeah. onto the stage. And he shows off this game. It's called Detroit. And it's basically, they went and made the game off of this Kara demo that they showed three years earlier. So, Detroit, interesting choice. I guess, you know, for people who live in Europe or whatever, they maybe look at Detroit as, like, the heartland of production in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I guess there, there's definitely a comparison here to uh, how cars revolutionized American culture, and now Detroit's going to move into the Android business. Apparently. Although I would say... If you actually live in America and know Detroit now, Detroit's probably yeah. one of the last cities Unlikely. that would build Android. And disrespect anyone who lives in Detroit, by the way, but I think that city's definitely down on its luck right now in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, although I, I can't, I can't totally discount the idea that if you, if you know, it's possible someone, you know, it's cheap there. It's cheap, you know, if if you could figure out how to like kind of run that business there and it kind of c- 
shot there on There are right probably away. a lot you of empty know. manufacturing yeah. places there. If you need to mass produce something on, you know, in, you know, comparably comparatively on the cheap, uh, you yeah, know, like, may not be a bad like, like a Tesla style thing, like because clearly that's the kind of thing you're going for is kind of that Tesla style, you know, revolution. I mean, the, the the just the building of the androids has like kind of an iPod feel to it, yeah. so I can see like, you know, and they they do show some of kind of the rundown houses and stuff, kind of the the the, the kind of the, ur- ur- the, urban the urban blight decay, yeah. decay there a little bit. So they're aware of it. That's the thing is like David Cage is working with I guess two other writers and directors on this game. And they both seem to be native English speakers from North America, which might help. Is he working know. with anybody who knows how to put gameplay into one of his games, maybe? <laughs> that I cannot guarantee. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly these games are more cinematic experiences than, uh, than you know, full-fledged games. But, like, maybe, maybe he'll take some, you know, maybe some cues can be taken from Until Dawn. Uh, that make it a little more of a game. Yeah, experience. I mean, look, I enjoyed the hell out of Until Dawn, yeah. but you know that Until Dawn told stories much better than anything David Cage ever did. True, but you know, and look, that game probably did take a little inspiration from stuff David Cage has done. Yeah, I'll say that much. But I think you know, uh, it sounds like they are really trying to step up the game. You know, and, and Beyond Two Souls did step up uh, in a lot of ways compared to Heavy Rain. See, I never like, even. Try Beyond Two Souls because Heavy Rain. By the time I finished it, I didn't want to play any more games like that. Heavy Rain. It, it, I mean, I have my own issues with Heavy Rain's story. I think it cheats. Oh, there was um, there was a huge plot hole in that game yeah. that to me just ruined the whole game. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't even like it came at the end where you're like yeah. at the end of the game and you're like, oh, that stinks. It's like it happened like two hours in, and I'm like, when are they going to correct this? When if they never did? Nope. <laughs> and then like Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls, I thought was good. It was like. I thought it had, you know, some serious structural problems that like never seemed to really pan out properly. But like in terms of a performance capture, like Ellen Page is great, and like they, you know, they really, uh, you know, they really created a cinematic experience in the in the in the game. I can't say that the game was all that fun to play on a mechanics level, you know, yeah. gameplay level. But it told me a story that stuck with me. Like those, some of those characters stuck with me, and Ellen Page That's good. at the end, like I was, like I wanted to give that character a good ending. Her character, you know, I, I yeah. didn't want her to have a have a bad life. Basically, I felt responsible for that, and so I think that's kind of a what he's trying to evoke there. And you know, every game he seems to be getting better at it. And well, this so game I'm has hoping... a little bit of a Deus Ex vibe. Yeah, in that yeah. it's kind of like the androids versus the humans, and they're like second class citizens, but yeah. they're they're aware enough to know that they're second class citizens. Well, I don't know, like, I'm reminded flight. of uh, I'm reminded of the second Renaissance in the Animatrix, where the you know the, the robots are workers and they kind right. of start to realize that they're because that's the other thing. I think in the trailer here you see because they've got like waiting zones for androids and like seating zones for androids. Like the right. androids don't get to mingle with this. You know, there's a segregated society with the androids, and she seems to be the only one who. Is aware, or is aware. Yeah. But then there's the near the end of the trailer, she starts walking past, and they and the other androids start looking at her, and, right. and I, I wonder if her if her code is contagious. You know, Could be. Can, can she can she awaken sentience in these thing, these other androids, and is that going to become kind of you know, are you going to end up leading like a revolution? You know, I'm guessing uh, yes, probably. <laughs> but like, I would say with 85 percent certainty, yeah, that's probably happen. <laughs> probably what's going to happen. But um, you know, and this building on you know the um, second Renaissance with the Matrix and Deus Ex and Blade Runner and Ex Machina, um, that just came out this year, which it's I think is great freaking movie. A, and there's there's a comparison to be made there in terms of the the you know kind of the uh, the wayfish. Uh, They're and, all for Android sure. Android girl. Yeah. 
Um, Although you can't really say he got his inspiration from it because his concept no, for this was, was too too old, too long ago. Yeah, yeah. but I'm ex- look, I'm excited for it, but I have huge reservations because of his prior yeah. games. I I, mean, I don't mind the gameplay because I mean, hell, I'm a Shenmue fan. I got no room to talk, but like, um, but look, Shenmue has like combat and like yeah, there's actual gameplay in Shenmue. Like there is no real gameplay in, in his games. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to defend the games to you because you're not. You're. You're right. You know. Yeah. Like. But like. But I. Enjoy, I. As for all the shortcomings David Cage's games have had, I enjoy what he's trying to do, or at least I, mean, I, look, I. I respect what he's trying to do. I really enjoyed that. Life is Strange. My game eval went up this week, and it, it speaks for itself. I really enjoyed the storytelling in mm-hmm. that game, and to me, when the storytelling does something on a new level, like an Until Dawn or like a Life is Strange, I'm totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. But. I never felt like his games did that. Like I felt they always had a lot of promise, and he talked a big game, and he never really delivered on the storytelling part of it. So. A, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's improved. I mean, we're, we've come a long way. Even looking at this, you've come a long way from Heavy Rain, where everyone in the Philadelphia police station had mysterious French accents. Right. And like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And, and it, but like you know, so presentationally, it's getting better and better and better. I don't think the gameplay is necessarily evolving in you know fully the way it should, but. You know, it's a new generation, it's a new take on things, and, you know, we'll see what it... Because, you know, we don't know yet. Yeah. We don't know what this thing's going to play like. I'll say one thing. You can't slide as programmers. No, not Because at all. whoever works on the hardware at Quantic Dream is really good. The Wizards. Like, he man- Wizards. they managed to get the it, most out of the hardware. Was that also them that did that the tech demo thing with the Wizard, Wizard that turned yeah. out to be like a, like a movie set? Yeah. Kind of thing? yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if... Three I'd years from that. now, I would too. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if three years from now, or maybe next gen, mm-hmm. that demo turns into a real game. But yep. that's probably the most impressive PS4 tech demo, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Before the system came out. So, look, I'm trying to stay positive on this, but again, I've been burned by his games before. And uh, so, I don't know. I'll give yeah, it a I'm, chance. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to try to change your mind no. on that. <laughs> but, like, no, I mean, I'm, you know, the, the premise is very interesting to me and appealing to me, and I, I you know, I will put up with the gameplay. To experience the cinema, All right. shall we say. So let's move on to the next topic of the big six. This one is a game that came out last week, but since we didn't do a show, we haven't really had a chance Friday, to talk for about some it. Reason. Yeah, odd. Weird. That is weird. That game is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, one thing I would say is yesterday it came out that it is so far the worst selling Assassin's Creed in the UK. Which Ever. is weird because it takes place in it the UK. It takes place in the UK. That's your home field it advantage, It takes place man. in London, and people in London did not want to buy this game. That is shocking to me. Maybe everybody, maybe more people go to Assassin's Creed for the exotic locales than I thought. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, I don't know what I know. Well, I'm not going to do that. I can go to London. I know what it's like yeah. here, yeah. I mean, I was shocked to see that, though. It's just more flat caps than usual, that's all. Like, I won't be surprised if when the MPDs come out that it's... Near the bottom of the Assassin's Creed well, games. As well, I far wonder as how concerned. much. Yeah, I'm, I wonder how much damage Unity did to that friend. I mean, I, it, yeah, it's been running long. And, you know, there might be some fatigue there, but like, I just I wonder if people just are, are in full wait and see mode on this game because of Unity because it had so many technical problems. And I I liked Unity. I I played it on the Xbox One and I played it late after it had been patched. I played it when it came out, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't have more. I had like you know there were obviously the. You know, LOD pop-in problems, and there was you know it was a choppy game frame rate. Why you know it didn't run very well. No, it performed horrible. But I did enjoy what they were trying to do, and Syndicate takes a lot of what they were trying to do and refines it, and uh, and it may, and it runs smoothly. And and I haven't run in any weird tech. I'm only about three four hours into it, but like 
I haven't run into serious technical problems on the PS4, and uh, like already it's shaping up to be better. You know, for one thing, the story is actually about assassins and templars as opposed to this like romance thing that happens to take place while assassins and templars are running around. Right. Yeah. Uh, and. Evie and Jacob are really interesting, likable protagonists. Like they're, I would definitely agree with that. They are. I think they're the best uh, main characters since Ezio. Yeah, for sure. Like, I liked some of the others. I like, yeah, I liked certainly liked Edward in Black Flag, yeah. um, which is my second favorite Assassin's Creed game. But like, uh, the, I want, I want to spend more time with these two. I want, I hope they get some substantial DLC or maybe even another game sometime. Even already, already this early in, I'm like, I want to know. Everything about, about these, these guys. I want to. Pl- I want to play both of these characters for a long time. Now I have not played this yet. I got a download code from Yubi, but I got it like the day before it came out. <laughs> they're like, mm. it's so funny. They sent me the code. They're like, embargoes tomorrow morning. I'm like, wait, do you? <laughs> no problem. Like, <laughs> do you- I'm trying to figure out if they wanted me to review it for the next day, or if they're like, maybe if he just plays five hours of it, it'll get a really good yeah, score. Know. <laughs> it's been getting pretty good scores. It's been doing okay. I yeah. think it's around like an eight, yeah, eight, little over an eight maybe aggregate score. Um, but I have questions for you because okay. I've played every Assassin's Creed except for this one, and I will eventually play this one by nook or by crook. So, my first question for you is combat. Mm-hmm. The combat in Assassin's Creed, I've pretty much just reached the end of my rope with. Like by the time I finished Unity, I was like, I don't know if I want to play another one of these games because. The enemies, it's just like they stand around and watch you murder people. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, every review I've ever written for the game, I've complained about this. I'm like, people just stand around and watch their buddies get murdered, and they step up, and it's their turn. Have they fixed that in this game? Not entirely. Um, <laughs> of course not. The, uh, here's the thing about the combat in this. They've really stepped up the animation work in it. And we, I know we were worried earlier this year about, like, is it going to be interesting that they took swords out? Yeah. Like, but they didn't really take swords out. They just made them into cane swords. And yeah. so... You've got cane swords and dag like a dagger, a kukiri, like curved daggers, and you've got uh, brass knuckles. And all both the characters can use all three of them. Like obvi- Jacob gets some some bonus skills later with the, with the brass knuckles or something. And I think uh, and um, uh, Evie is more uh, suited to stealth stuff, so her she's better. With, I I like using the knife with her more. She yeah. just kills quicker, I guess. But um, the thing is, like, there's a new system now where. Um, where once you get their, the life bar of an enemy down far enough, they're in like what's called near death state, and they sort of like sit there dizzy a little bit until yeah. they can recover. And if you can get uh, in, like multiple enemies in near death state, and then like when you go for the near death state and hit the attack button again, you do like a kill move on them. Right. If you can get multiple enemies in a near death state and then do the kill move, you get like a special like cinematic like triple kill or you double like, kill or quadruple kill. Yeah. You get like some, and they're all really cool. Like they're all really well done. So. While the enemies, like, you know, they will gang up on you a little more than before, and the counter flash is much more noticeable now. It's a big yellow bar that goes boing here. As if you needed it. As if you needed it. (laughs) Um, They are faster, and you can't just, like, overwhelm them. And some, like, the big guys, especially after you get, like, two good combos in, will just, like, do this really fast, like, backhand. Yeah. And you can't just, you know, you can't just, like, crush in on them like that. Because I would just sit there and so just now it's kind of like a counter mini- kill everybody. Right. Well, so now like the thing with the multi-kill, like to me it's like a mini game of like how many guys can I like knock down to nothing and then, you know, so it's it's not all that challenging to beat them, but it's challenge like I challenge myself to like right. get the cool multi-kill count like finishers. Um, which is not an ideal solution, but I do enjoy it and they they've gotten really creative with some of the finishers. 
Uh, and some of them are ridiculous. Like, some of them are ridiculous to the point that people probably think they're stupid. Like, there's things where, like, stabbing a guy in the back and he falls over. And as he falls over, you, like, hit, you, like, kick the, the dagger out of his back and it flies across the room into the other guy's throat kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, like, just crazy shit like that. And, uh-huh. and it's fun. You know, it's... it's, it's well, I mean, the counter kills have always been a visual highlight yeah. of the series. In fact, at GT, we would do counter kill montages where we just counter kill Mm -hmm. over and over and we'd grab all of them and there'd be like 30 or 40 of them put them all together string them together and that would do like Mm 200,000 views like and I'll tell you like for the first time in the series I really enjoy the fight club stuff oh really you know know, every game Witcher and all those games now have the bare knuckle you know fight but now like the, the bare knuckle combat is pretty much the same as, the, you know, because with the brass knuckles and stuff it's pretty similar to the standard sword you know cane sword combat or whatever but like the animations are so good, and like everything feels really solid. So you know, playing those, and so like it's fun because they send guys into the arena, and if you can like get a, b- a bunch of them dizzy, I got like a four-man knockout, like, like knockout kill combo thing where he's just he's like jumping off their backs and like punching the other guy <laughs> in the face and like like kicking the guy in the nuts, and when he leans over, he rams him into the other guy's stomach, and so I mean, it's, it's really cool. Like you know, it's it's just like you know, I grew up watching Van Damme movies and all those like ridiculous over the top. You know, it's like it's like you know the raid kind of stuff. It's yeah. like you like to see these cool fight choreography things. The raid is amazing, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I just finally watched those like last year, and I was like, oh my god, why did nobody ever tell me about these yeah. movies? <laughs> They're incredible. Yeah. So, Couple of those guys are in the new Star Wars movie. Really? Yeah. I was not aware of that. We don't. Nobody knows what they're doing, but they are attached to it. So, is there like a homestead mechanic in this? Uh, yeah, you have a train. Okay. You, you you steal it. You very very early in the game, uh, you win a tr- someone bets a train on you or something, <laughs> and you win the train, and you so you get like this like little crew that like runs the train, and the train constantly basically circles London, and you can go there when you need to, or you hop on and like quick travel on the train or whatever, and like it's actually kind of cool. Like sometimes you'll be like doing stuff, and like your train will just like go by over like one of the tracks. Can you just hop on it and go? If you can get up there and jump on it, yeah, you That's can totally cool. do that. It gets where you want it to be, and you jump, you can jump off and like, grab onto one of the cargo hook things and stuff. And then like, do you level it up as the game? Yeah, goes? you up, you can upgrade it and, and upgrade like your your gang and up, you know, it's, it's all well, the same. Well, how do you upgrade the train? Was it going, um, does it circle faster? Or? I didn't see anything like that. But I think you can like, it, you, like you can do stuff where like it gets. Um, uh, you can upgrade the gang uh, abilities. You can upgrade how much you, your your safe is in the trains. So, like when you you know get money from like your owner, like the buildings you own or the business you own, you have to go to the train and get it out of the safe. So you can right. you can upgrade stuff so the safe gets bigger and can hold more money. So you don't have to go back to the train as much. Um, and uh, that's about as far as I've gotten with that. I think there's more to that. There might be more to that, but I don't know. Because, you know, Assassin's Creed is where it's just like, you know, I'm on sequence four, and it's usually not until sequence seven that it really tips its hand on right, everything right. it has. But so far you haven't, like, there's nothing like the homestead where you're, like, constantly, like, upgrading, like... No. No, nothing like that. I mean, you, you can't... I mean, there's the crafting system that's similar to how it was in Unity, and there's... Um, Upgrades for your various outfits and weapons, and there's all these upgrades for your you know your skill tree for each character, and then you have uh, upgrades for your gang and kind of the, the the hideout upgrades are more like you know money making stuff and making your gang members better fighters and like make you know you can like uh, give them better carriages so like because like you'll find, like your gang members will have like just be <laughs> waiting like, waiting around like horse and buggies and you can give them like the phantom carriage or whatever you know yeah. you make, give them like better equipment and stuff like that so just to make your life easier 
Um, what about strongholds? Do they have those still, where there's like those little like bases, basically where the Templars are, and you have to yes, like, infiltrate are, the base yeah, and wipe everybody out, and then go up and sink it. Yeah, what it is is like it's it's the city of London divided into like all the different boroughs, and each borough has like so far like four different like main missions, and like usually it's like you have to like liberate child workers who are being like enslaved by yeah. Oliver Twist type, type people. Um, uh, break up uh, rival gang or te- rival gang hideouts. Break up Templar hideouts or fi- and then like there's a whole list of like, I mean like seriously like like a dozen two dozen like Templar agent guys you're supposed to hunt down and find in the city and like there's a lot of stuff to do and it's not as per usual per usual but it doesn't <laughs> seem quite as regimented as um, is there anything like feathers where you have to collect like 500 of them or uh, like yes that? there are music boxes you have to cre- collect music boxes and in each music box the, the disc that makes them play the music is like some kind of code thing and you're supposed to bring them all to a hideout and you plug it in and then you have to solve the puzzle and then you get some some I'm sure you get like Somebody's ar- armor from the previous games or something. Have you seen any modern day stuff yet? Yes, at the very beginning. Um, Sean and uh, Rebecca are back, uh, which is good because Sean is my favorite character in the series. <laughs> uh, the sarcastic British asshole guy. Yeah. Um, and they are actually trying to do some infiltrating. And like the the other the girl from I think Unity, who was like the hacker that gets you not Rebecca, but the hacker that gets you into the the because now it's like the it's the the. The conceit is that you're the gamer playing, like, you know, Abstergo's, like, game system that right. uses the memories, and they're hacking in and letting you, like, find stuff you're not supposed to find or whatever. Right. And they're, it's weird in that, like, the way they show the, the, the modern-day stuff is uh, it's all through drone cameras that are, like, f- hovering in the room where Rebecca and Sean are, like, infiltrating. And I guess they're, like, m- like nanomachines or something. So the other people... Because the other people can't see them. Like, they're just uh, hovering. It goes from, like, drone one, drone two. One of the drones, by the way, is named Lucy. Oh. Which is Christian Bell's character from the original games. Right. But, like, so the- they don't react to the drone. So I- I'm- at first I'm like, wait, you got, like, a quadcopter in there? It's just, like, no one, no one sees that? But I guess they're, like, must be, like, nan- nanite, like, little fly... Mechanical right. fly drones or something, but like so that's how you watch. They're all very cinematic. You don't have to do anything. You're not wandering. You know, it's not like, um, it's not like uh, Black Flag where it was like you work at Ubisoft now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, come sit in your cubicle. <laughs> kind of thing. You know, like there's none of that so far. It's just it's just cutscenes that happen periodically. So Matt, and, why do you think people are so apathetic towards this game? Because usually when an Assassin's Creed game comes out, my social media feeds are just flooded with people playing it, and I literally have not seen or heard a peep from anybody playing this game. I really think Unity made people wary. And uh, and I, I think there's a lot of people playing Wait and See on it. Um, I got it almost purely because I'm just a giant Assassin's Creed dork. Like, I just... I love the concept of the series, and I don't love every game in it, for sure. Like, there's been some bad games in this series. Yeah. But, like, I really liked what Unity was trying to do. And since Syndicate seems to be kind of trying to refine that and do it right this time, I was super... And I love the Victorian England setting. I mean, if it was anything other than Victorian England... That's one of my favorite things about this series in general is just the tourism part of it. For sure. Just being able to go back to these old times. And, I mean, they do Mm -hmm. a really good job recreating these Even if you go back to the first game... You know, the first game is very clunky now compared to what the, you know where they've yeah. taken the series. But even like those the recreations of Jerusalem and Accra and all oh, those. Yeah. Places, I mean, it's or even to this day, like the PC version is a beautiful recreation of those things for sure. And uh, and that's one of the best things about. It. In fact, 
I think that's why I was a little hesitant about you know the, mo- the this one and the last one was like I, I feel like, I feel like it's getting a little too close to yeah, modern day. I agree. Yeah. To the point that I don't get that same kind of exotic tourism, you know, history tourism thing. You know, like yeah, like not the, a little bit of the awe. Yeah, not in the same way that you get like you know with like running through Rome and the Renaissance or like even the Golden Age of Piracy, where like that that was a great hook with the just Ubi make make pirate games. Do you miss guns in this? There's still guns. Oh, there are guns. I I, there I, are. I, I, you have pistols. Oh, okay. But like, you, uh, yeah, there's no like muskets or anything like yeah. that somewhere. Um, I'm really curious where they'll go, whether where they're going to go with it next. Like, like, do you keep moving forward? Do you like a World War? Do you like a World War One game? Like, I mean, I, I guess the temptation must be there to try to tell kind of the more modern story. And they start, they have started in this one. They did start dropping hints about like something happened in 2000 that almost wiped the. the oh, you know, really? they, they suffered like a major loss to the Templars in 2000, uh, like, which they haven't explained, but they've said that a couple times. And I yeah. don't. I mean, I don't keep up with the expanded universe stuff in this in this series, but like that's the first I remember really hearing them talk about like what happened and why the assassins right. are in such a bad position when the series starts. Yeah. So maybe they're trying to kind of catch. Which actually reminds me of uh, Castlevania, where they kept talking about the Battle of 1999. Right. Like right. that was all this all this crazy <laughs> shit happened. You wouldn't believe. It never made the game, yeah. you know. Like we don't know what happened, and now we never will. Yeah, <laughs> Konami yeah, now we never will. Unless they do the Battle of 1999 Pachinko game, we're never gonna <laughs> we're never gonna know what happened. Matt, would you recommend Assassin's Creed fans buy this? Because yes. yes, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, yes. If you are like, what I'm if you're t- someone who just picked up like Brotherhood and like the first game. It ain't it ain't as good as Brotherhood so far. Yeah, um, Brotherhood's my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, I like, probably agree with um, that. It's the one that feels the most like you are running a group of assassins. Yeah. I love bringing in the ability to just like do the you know the the hand signal and all the guys come in yeah. and kill your kill your targets. Yeah. But you know, obviously, I'm very early in Syndicate. But like so far, Syndicate is feeling like that Brotherhood feeling of like you're running an organization. You have people backing you up. You can call in your flunkies to kind of do your stuff. Like, if it gets, if this one delivers on the promise of kind of like building, because that's the whole thing is like they want to build this organization to take over London, liberate it from the Templars. Templars have held it for like a hundred years, right? And so they want to liberate it, and they want to find like, you know, whatever piece of the forerunner, no, forerunners or Halo, <laughs> uh, uh, first civilization tech, you know, the piece of Eden or whatever that, right. that they've gotten. Like, they want to figure that out, but. Um, if they really deliver on the idea that, like, by the end of this game, you're running, like, this underworld organization, like, you know, in the way that Brotherhood made me feel it, like, I, it, this could be one of my favorites. Um, if you're if you're a complete non-believer in the franchise, if Unity just, like, made you hate it, if, like, you, if you're just tired of, you know, every year there's an Assassin's Creed game, I don't know if this one's going to change your mind. But if you if you like Assassin's Creed, if you've ever loved Assassin's Creed and you think this setting looks cool... So far, it's delivering. All right. Uh, it does still have the problem of, for me, of the dumbed down controls, where I love the old controls, like the Ezio era controls before Assassin's Creed Three, where it became just like hold trigger and run and right. just go over everything. Yeah. Because I felt you had a much more fine control over what they did then. Yeah. Um, and it's still sort of hold the R two button. And that's also when they started bringing in the chase sequences. Yeah. And you okay. start getting hung up like you've yeah, there have been a few. The there have been a few like uh, things where I'm like, I didn't know what they wanted me to do quite. And they have the, still the stupid bonus objectives which like make you play the game in a way you don't want to play it right. which I still find to be like a big problem. Like, yeah. I, I don't like that. And I actually like the way uh, Black Flag did it. Where Black Flag didn't tell you the optional objective until you finished the mission. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't bother you. It didn't taint you like yeah. while you are playing it. 
But um, you know, so I have not done any eavesdropping missions yet. So I will say, you know, I know you know they're coming. I don't know. There were no <laughs> eavesdropping missions that I ran into in Unity. Yeah. Like not, not in the same way. So I think they know people hate the eavesdropping missions, but there have been a couple people follow complain about things. the chase sequences just as much. And I, I know they're in this game. So my only issue so far has been like trying to like like they the rules of like what counts as being detected seems to be a little different in this one. Where like you know, I was like, oh. You know, steal this guy's stuff without being detected, and so I, I threw a knife at him and killed. You know, it's a silent weapon. No one saw where it came from, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's dead!" Like you've been detected. I'm like, okay, if if they, in my opinion, if they're not running at me with swords drawn, they didn't detect me. Right. Like clearly, they know something happened, but it could have been a bird. It could have been a bird that dropped a very sharp knife right in. (laughs) You don't know. All right, let's move on. Good discussion. Oh, and the, and the rope gun is awesome. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's like very Batman, but it's not Batman, and it's good because it lets you get to the top of things much faster. It lets you traverse clamoring. horizontally, and the, I think the game at this point, the series, really needed a new form of tra- traversal. Did you see the video on Sifted of the guy who made his own? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's nuts. That's, uh, and he used it. Yeah. Screw that. Well, no I mean, thanks. I guess he trusts his handiwork. Apparently, he does. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, let's move on. It's time to get to the next topic, and this is a game that was just debuted today at Sony's Presser at Paris Games Week. And Matt, this game, I'm just asking. Well, actually, it wasn't debuted. It was the game. The gameplay was really shown for the first mm-hmm. time, and it was actually debuted last year at Gamescom, and then it just disappeared. Like nothing was heard from it. They didn't mention it at E3. They didn't mention it at Sony's big event at the end of the year last year in Vegas. Out of the blue today comes back Michelle Ansel's Wild. Mm-hmm. And this game, to me, this was the game of the day today. This is the game that impressed me more than any other game that they showed today. Um, so it's an open world game where In you... Kind of the Stone Age again. Yeah, another one of those new, like new prehistoric setting. times. Yeah. Things. I gotta say, I was a little, I was skeptical until uh, he transferred his personality or consciousness or whatever into the eagle. Yeah, and I was like, oh. Well, so I the main see. character is supposed to be a shaman. Yeah. So he has control over animals, and, and Michelle Ansel's whole thing was like, it's it's supposed to explore the nature of man's relationship with nature. That's the whole idea or the whole main concept. And the other thing about it is, every animal. Man's relationship with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> Every animal in the game you can take control of and play as. Even a trout in the water you can take control of. <laughs> that was like the goal anyway. I don't know if that's changed. That's what he said when it was originally debuted last year at Gamescom. Well, you can definitely be a rabbit, it yeah. looks like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they did show a little bit more of that today in the trailer. You can also ride animals and mm. use them as mounts. I don't know, man. This game, to me, looks freaking awesome. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that it's Michelle Ansel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess one thing I would say is it makes you wonder if we're ever going to get Beyond Good and Evil 2 seeing this project. This also is by an indie studio, I might add, that he just kind of started up last year out of, like, nowhere. It's like, all right, if you won't let me make these games, I'll just do it myself kind of thing. And look at it. Yeah. It looks like a triple-A big-budget project. I mean, I don't look. I don't know if he now has investors that are dumping tons of money into this game or what, but it sure looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was blown away by this game today. I had almost forgotten about this game by the way i had forgotten like when i first saw it i was like oh what is this and i started thinking i'm like oh yeah they put out that like one little trailer like 
over a year and a half ago. And here it is. I am just... I don't know. To me, when when I think about games moving forward, and and we'll get to a game in a little bit that I feel like is the antith- antithesis of this game. Mm. But when I think about games going forward and approaching new types of content and subject matter, this is the type of game that I think about. Like, it's just really unlike anything else. I mean, other than being an open world game, I mean, it looks like you can carjack animals. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, the I Grand mean, Theft Shaman. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting in the sense that, like, uh, like it it makes me think a little bit of No Man's Sky in the sense that I feel like Wild is also going to have people, you know, with that same old line, "What do you do?" Yeah. Um, but it, like, I think there's like you look at this trailer and I think you just see the possibilities. You know, I don't I don't really know what you're gonna do, but clearly you're gonna be an eagle. You're going to be a, a bear. goddamn bear. And a trout. Yep. And a trout and a rabbit. <laughs> and then at the end of this, there's that crazy, like, snake lady that yeah. comes up out of the ground. It's like, yeah, There's a lot of, like, weird, like, kind of uh, mystical elements to this trailer. Well, right. It's a shaman. Shaman and, and like, the skeletons are talking to you and all that. Yeah. Well, shamans use, like, psychedelics to mm-hmm. do their rituals and things like that. So, I mean, one... Once you introduce psychedelics into a game, I mean, yeah. basically, it's hopefully the sky's a, limit. Hopefully a slightly more respectful treatment of the subject in Far Cry 3. Yeah, and um, I hope it doesn't turn into one of those, like, you never know what's real and what's, what isn't games, because mm. that's, like, a cop-out to me. And yeah, I feel like as I a... I sh- movies and TV shows that do that, too, like, the whole, like, Bob Newhart dream thing. Oh, that's a great finale, though. Well, yeah, it was when Bob Newhart did right. it. <laughs> but now that it's been done like a billion times, mm. it's like it loses its impact. And like it's a cop out. It's like yeah. all well, this crazy stuff happens. You're like, I can't believe all this happened. Oh, well, it was all a dream or it was yeah. all a hallucination. Well, there's the drugs. Bob Newhart style of doing it, and there's the Who Shot JR right. style of doing it. Where it's like, <laughs> the whole season? Really? Um, there's a lot of people watching this right now that be like, Who like, Shot who JR? What? Who's JR? <laughs> Bob Newhart. Somebody shot the guy who announced wrestling for 40 years? <laughs> Yeah. By God, King, <laughs> he is broken in half. Um, but no, I'm I'm definitely curious about this game, and I'll, you know, I'll play anything Ansel puts his name yeah, on. For sure, frankly. yeah, I'll give it at least a chance, right? Yeah, I love I something about the fact that like something about that one shot where that you're flying around as the eagle, and then like you can do the vision thing where you zoom yeah. in and see the snake, right? And go down I'm like I'm like oh, well, there's that's one shot cool. too where you actually see the eagle flying towards you. and It has a snake in its right, <laughs> its clutches like. It looks like there might be, like, an ecosystem thing going on. Mary's riding a giant eagle. Right, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it looks crazy. Yeah. And it looks completely unexpected. And I like the fact that you're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, I mm-hmm. like that. Like, I'm yeah. sick of looking at a game and being like, I know exactly what I'm going to do in that game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That is kind of what I'm thinking. Where I'm like, you know what? If I had to do an interview about this game for, like, a press thing or something, I'd actually have questions to yeah. ask. Yeah. Because a lot of times you look at these games and you're like, I know it already. Yeah, all everything you can fit everything into a slot and you already know. And you start asking about like minutia, which they'll never right. answer anyway because they're media trained and they're like, right. that is not a part of the bullet points. <laughs> Talk to me two months from now. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. When we are announcing that. When I will have new bullet points that you can that I cannot <laughs> stray from. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this game. Again, it was my favorite thing that they showed today. It, to me, looks the most interesting, the most unique. Um, it does have a little bit of that Horizon Zero Dawn vibe to it, mm-hmm. which they also showed today, which we're which not going to really talk about on the show today. Because it was, it was all kind of old. It was just like more in-depth discussion of it. But I still say, um, I mean, No Man's Sky is my most wanted, but like 
Horizon Zero Dawn is way up there. Oh on yeah, my most that game like, looks I, awesome, man. I am excited to see Guerrilla Games freed from its Killzone prison. Yeah, well, what they showed today, and we'll just touch on that briefly, is that they just showed what we had seen behind closed doors yeah. at E3, which is I've talked about on the show before, which I said was awesome, and I wish you guys could see it. Well, you guys all saw it today, and there's the Snake Lady right on cue. Yep. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, this game is nuts. <laughs> And it's just so casual about like yeah. what, it's like oh yeah of course there's a giant snake lady why, yeah. why wouldn't there be <laughs> where do you live that there is no giant snake lady so I'm really excited about that game uh, yeah. hopefully all you sisters are as well uh, hopefully you don't have to wait another year and three months to hear more about it yeah that is the kind of thing I'm uh, you know all, a lot of the things that were shown today I'm like are we going to be playing that what like 2017 2018 I mean. Detroit certainly had no date, no date. attached to yeah. it at all. And this is Michelle Ansel. I mean, think about it. I mean, he did show this twice. Yeah. Which is a good It's sign. good. Like, twice, <laughs> means, good. twice means might happen. Yeah. Like, twice means you Because, I mean, we, we saw Beyond Good and Evil 2 once. Once. Yeah. And then since then, it's like... <laughs> I mean, he, every once in a while people ask him about it, he would be like, well, you know... Uh, like, he doesn't really give an answer, but it's just enough to keep you... And I think he's he's working people here. He's like... Well, if the project does happen someday, I don't want people to completely lose hope or interest in it. Right. Because I'm sure he looks at games like uh, The Last Guardian, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, if I can just keep that hype train rolling yeah. for the next however many years it takes to get that he's game gonna done. He's going to put that in Shenmue Cold Storage for 15 years, and <laughs> exactly. we'll see you on Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter 4. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next game we're going to talk about from Sony's presser today, and that game is Gran Turismo Sport. And Matt, this is the game that I would say from that press conference I was the least interested in. Same. In fact, one thing I would say is why? I don't know. Why? Do we need another Gran Turismo, Matt? I don't. I mean I, I haven't needed another Gran Turismo since four. I mean I don't I think four might even be pushing it. I don't I don't care. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's like there are other games that are better than it. Mm-hmm. And look, Forza, without a doubt, is better than Gran Turismo at this point. No question. But if you own a PlayStation, you can't play Forza. Right. But that doesn't matter. There are games that are better than it. Project Cars is better than yeah. Gran Turismo. I would certainly rather play Drive Club if we're going to limit it to PlayStation exclusives. Drive Club, marginal. But it's, I still... Project put... Cars, without a doubt, is oh, better Project than Cars, Gran for Turismo. sure, but I still enjoy Drive Club better than more, more than Gran Turismo just because... My problem with Gran Turismo has always been that it's so sterile. It is. Like it is it, just lifeless. Yeah. Whereas it's Drive like, Club at least seems to have... That's the, th- the thing I love about Turn 10 and Forza and, uh, and Project Cars is like there's, you can tell the people that make those games love cars. Like right. that's their, they live and they breathe it and they love it. And you know, this, you know, this is the stuff they write for this, the t- and Forza for the Top Gear guys to read. Is, and, or, or even, you know, it's, it's a little bro-y, but like, yeah. you know, the Forza Horizon But at least it has uh, a stuff. little personality. It has personality, but it's like, it's like these people get it. These people have been to the car shows. These people have been... And I'm sure the Gran Turismo developers are the same way, but it just doesn't come through. Here, yeah. There, look, there's no personality in those games at all. And it's like they try their damnedest to make sure there isn't any. It's like... It's really weird. It really... I don't even know how to put my finger on it or put it into words, the vibe that I get from the Gran Turismo series. But I honestly haven't really enjoyed one since, like, the second one. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Like, I just... It doesn't resonate with me. Like, I feel like... I just feel like it's got no soul, those yeah, games. I would agree with that. And I... I bought actually. I bought when I bought my PlayStation Two. I bought the Gran Turismo bundle, the, the Gran Turismo Three bundle, because yeah. I wanted to play Gran Turismo Three, and I just didn't. I remember it was it was like just like like, like photo it felt, mode. It felt, yeah, it felt <laughs> empty. Yeah. 
And like I remember, yeah, I gave it another shot with four, and like I was kind of done after that. Well, as soon as Forza came on the scene, I was like, oh, this is better. And then you also well, had Forza, some... the first couple games weren't better than Gran Turismo. They were though, shaky, but, but you could see one, where they were going. It kind of, and you had things like uh, you had things like Grid, which was a great, you yeah, know, again, great racing game. And I always, I always tilt a little bit more to the arcade side, yeah. Anyway, um, and so you know, Gran, Gran Turismo, while it's very pretty. Um, I don't I don't really care Here's the other thing They show some snippets Of the game in here Which I'm surprised at Like when they started Showing this trailer I thought we were going to Really just see like Racing footage the whole damn time At the end they do show Some in-game footage of it It does not look as good As Forza And look I don't know if they're Still reusing that engine That they've been using For mm. god knows how long I'm guessing they probably are like, is because the... look, in the last game, they were still using car models from like the generation before. Yeah. Like they got really lazy with like their car models, and like, here's the other angle to this whole thing: is this studio? I'm starting to wonder if Sony won't pull a Konami with this studio and be like, "Bro, hmm. like, you take way too long to make your games." One, two. If you look at the sales of Gran Turismo over installments, I think it peaked at three. Three was a huge one. Yeah. Huge. And it moved tons of hardware. You bought it. Oh, yeah. The hardware for it. I bought the hardware for it with it, yeah. If you look at every game since then, it's just like a stair step down. Yeah. Like, well, the I think sales par- of it Well, just- and I also think part of it is like, not to encourage the yearly Ubisoft model, but I don't think they come out often enough. People yeah. forget. And it, and they left, you know, they leave that, they, by having those those huge gaps between games, you leave that door wide open for something like Forza to come in and steal the thunder, you yeah. know? Like, there's real competition out there in the car sim market. And that's and the like, thing. It used to have it all to itself. Yeah. And now it doesn't. And yeah. there's other people out there who are just as smart as them and apparently work a lot harder because they can crank out games a lot more yeah, quickly. Yeah, those, those forces come just out as like, good. yeah, boom, Clockwork. two years. And they always have, like, definitive improvements to them. That's yeah. the thing with Gran Turismo. Like, I don't see it. They're always like, well, there's more polygons in the cars mm-hmm. now. Well, there's more polygons in half the cars. Right. The other well, half looked like the same car. Well, they had left there's them. always been some like weird things about this. It's like, like how long did they use that same uh, car, like tire screech sound? Yeah, the same one every single time Think about for how every long it took car for, them to for put damage in their game. Yeah. I mean, those games. I mean, they take. It looks like actually they have stepped it up a little bit because it, mm. the fact that they're showing this game already, like that's already that's way, fast. That's, that's, for them, yeah, that for is them fast. That's way ahead. And I, as I understand it, isn't this like part of the point of this game is that it's their uh, uh, partnership with FIA? Well, yeah, the so, whole like, thing is just which like has a, been promised for a very long time. And we actually didn't. We didn't really set up the game. The thing about the game is it's like all centered around like competition, yeah. and it's like a league. It's like esports. Everything's freaking esports now, Matt. <laughs> everything they're just shoehorning it into everything they can, like. Here's another one. There's like a whole esports league built around it, and it's like certified by the FIA. Yeah. So like, like, I give a, whole... a crap about that. Do well, you yeah. care about that? No, <laughs> but there's a whole millennial audience that just wants to be the very best, the number one. Yeah. Pokemon has a lot to answer for. <laughs> Everyone just... wants to be a Pokemon master of their hobby. They should just give out participation trophies for Gran Turismo, and everyone will love it. I think those are called gym badges. Yeah. Oh, you're... <laughs> right. So it sounds like I'm going all... to reduce an entire generation of Pokemon uh, <laughs> tropes. That's that's what I'm going to do now. <laughs> so it sounds like we're on the same page here on this game. Yeah, I will. Honestly, I, I I'm surprised. I I never expected to talk about this game this much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> here's here's what I'll ask you. When do you think it's coming out? They didn't have any. Well, any no, game. he said. Well, he he's always does this. He's oh, like, well, you know, we want to have the beta like next year. I don't. Know. I'll I'll go with before uh, the Vita game. Here's a better question. 
<laughs> Will it come out before or after the next Forza? I'm going to say alongside it. At the same time. I'm going to say at the end of uh, like the end of 2017, like fall 2017. That sounds right to me too, actually. I'll I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Which is really pathetic, but because they've already been working on this for a couple years mm-hmm. now, and Forza will have launched a game. And Maybe they'll surprise us, but I feel like I don't. Finished another one and put it out. I don't. I don't care who you are. If it's like, look, if the last Guardian comes out before your game, come on. Yeah. And those. Guys, <laughs> I mean, I tell you, like, you know, I've been to the Polyphony Studios, and they are not a cheap no, location. Their folks. studios are amazing. Super man. nice. Like, I mean, they have an elevator that brings the car up. Into the office so they can like model it from their desk and just turn and look at That's it. That's what I'm saying. Those all, guys yeah. just take stacks of hundreds and just light them on yeah. fire. Like, well, then like if you go to the roof parking garage, it's just all Ferraris. Yeah, it's all. It's like all it's amazing, loaded, dude. Well, you know, the guy who runs the studio got like one of the first four GTS and like. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. at Sony least, could pull a Konami at, and be like, no mas, bro. Yeah. At least the Team Eco guys probably don't have, like, a live griffin in the garage, you know, <laughs> like, that they have to feed every day. Like, that's that's not an expense they have. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Gran Turismo's days may be done. I know I got nothing out of that debut today. And actually, nobody there did either. Like, well, after, I, they, after the trailer was over, you heard, like, a smattering of claps. Well, it is really interesting that even though Sony has Gran Turismo and it's stable, they still do things like Drive Club and, you know, they, they're, you know, Project Cars isn't exclusive, but like they've definitely been promoted on PSN and everything. I mean, yeah, Sony. Maybe Sony's moving on. Maybe, maybe it's so. Like, maybe that was the whole Project Cars thing. Is like, maybe we can find somebody else to start making these driving sims that we don't have to yeah. spend like three hundred million. Not even, yeah, game. yeah. Not even to say Gran Turismo is a bad game or a bad series, but it's like I think Sony is needs something more what dependable for it. Yeah, and you're right. Or a schedule that they can count on. It'd be like, yeah. okay, we need this game for Q4 2016. Can you deliver it? And some studios can do that. Uh, yeah. Polyphony doesn't seem like it can. So no. we'll see. But I have a feeling there might be some changes, some rumblings coming on with Sony with this last project. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, no. All right. So let's move on to the last topic of the Big Six. And basically, there are just too many games that were shown off today for us to kind of address each one. So this last topic of the Big Six, we're just going to run down some of, well, I wouldn't say smaller, but the games that we didn't feel like we wanted to talk about specifically as their own topic. So the first one we're going to talk about is Robinson The Journey. So this game... This was my favorite. Was it? Of what they showed today. So, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm ever going to play it because I don't want to pay 400 bucks for a PlayStation VR. Yeah. But you, you put, you put uh, dinosaurs that look that good in something. And I'm, I mean, obviously it was a CG. It was a CG trailer, I think, right? I don't know. Because so that was thing. a PC game. Well, here's the thing. So what we're seeing right now on the screen is a demo that Crytek put out probably four or five months ago. And it was mm-hmm. called like Dinosaur 3D or something stupid like that. And they're like, oh, it's just a VR demo to show what we could do with VR. So it's a little bit like Detroit, where it actually started mm-hmm. as like this demo thing and then ended up morphing into a real game. So this is real time right here. This is a demo that they showed, I think, at GDC... I think it's where they showed it off for the first mm. time. Um, and then it ended up turning into this real game called Robinson. And to me, this is a terrifying. Like, just this right here. <laughs> in VR, sitting in, like, a Tyrannosaurus's nest, when then an egg starts to crack open, and then you start hearing the boom, boom, boom. That's terrifying. Like, VR and Dinosaur Land, I don't know if anything could be any scarier than that. Even scarier than, like, a Resident Evil VR game, I think it would be. Hmm. 
So I'm pretty excited about this. Now, we don't know yet if it's just for PlayStation VR. It could also come out for Oculus, which, since mm. it's Crytek, probably so. Yeah, I would think. Unless Sony, you know, money hats it. I mean, that could be. Because I feel like if, you're, if I'm Sony, I definitely want to, like, you know, throw some money at some of these people and get these things only on PlayStation VR. Because that's the only thing that would push me to get a PlayStation VR over an Oculus. Well, I saw an analyst today said that PlayStation VR, in his opinion, was going to be the most successful of all the VR headsets. Really? Yep. Yep, I saw that today. And it was right after this presser. Because, look, Sony put a huge focus on PlayStation VR today. We are all wondering, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, well, you know, what's going to be the killer apps for PlayStation VR? And I think Sony kind of answered that today. And look, they have Rigs, which is like the generic esports game for VR, mm. which I think is probably going to flop and no one's going to care about. And they did show that today. But they showed stuff like this yeah. that like made a big impression. Like, like you've at least got stuff that I'm like, I want to experience that. Yeah. Like, uh, do I want do I four hundred dollars want to experience that? I'm not sure yet. But like, you have my attention, and I have a title of a game I can cling on to and say, well, you know, Oculus is going to have stuff. But PlayStation VR has this game, this game, this game. Like, so yeah. I think they're a little bit ahead of Oculus, in, at least in my mind share uh, department for that right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They showed a good bit today. I still don't know if it's enough for me, if I have to decide between an Oculus or PlayStation VR. I don't know if I saw enough that would make me go with PlayStation VR instead of Oculus. Same. Because the other part of it, too, the is... The war that, is not over, by no, any means. No, because the other part of it, too, is that Facebook owns Oculus. <laughs> like, Sony has a lot of money. Facebook has more money. Right. And when you start looking at placing a bet, I mean, this is a bet. These VR headsets are a bet because you don't know. Mm. So, I, Well, I th- also think like Oculus is just going to be a more open platform. You know, whereas, a, you know, the thing that makes me nervous about PlayStation VR is Sony has a history of putting out some accessory thing and it doesn't catch fire in the first year and then they just sort of quietly walk away from it. Well, look at, well, play, PlayStation Move. PSP Go. The PSP Go. The PlayStation Vita. Move. The Vita, which, you know, we didn't get to talk about it, but, you know, last week Sony announced that they've stopped supporting Vita, mm-hmm. which pissed off a lot of people. Uh, I had assumed that that had happened a year ago or two years ago when they stopped showing their games yeah. at E3. Well, it's an but... entirely digital platform at this point. So. Yeah. And and you're right. They do have a history of bailing on stuff whenever it's not really going their way. So And I mean, I know. Like, in the, I mean, PlayStation Move, they wanted to walk away from it. Now they're showing PlayStation Move in the PlayStation VR stuff again. I guess I'm glad I had those controllers I'm still. like, yeah, I'm like, God, where is my iToy? Yeah. Like, where the hell? In the, I'm sure it's in a drawer somewhere. It's like, iToy, again. Remember remember uh, Eye of Judgment? Yeah. Remember, yeah. How, yeah, remember how much time that got on the, the yeah. stage of the press conference? Well, I also remember, well, yeah, because it was like really visual and it right. made people go, oh. But then look, there's the camera for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Like, it doesn't do anything. I bought it, like, I unplugged it. I don't yeah. even use it. Because it doesn't even, it's like, it's, at least Connect works for like the voice commands and stuff like that. Right. Like, but that the PlayStation Eye or whatever the hell it's called now doesn't really do anything. It's like, I think you can use it as a microphone for multiplayer games if you don't want to use a headset, but yeah. like that's pretty much all it does, other than spying on you. Yeah. So I unplugged it. <laughs> well, like, obviously it does. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but I agree with you. And when you're so when you're making a bet and you, you have to take all this into account, and it's like, look, Facebook has more money than God, so I don't know. But this has the ecosystem, and it has people who have made games for a long time making games for it, and so. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Matterfall, <laughs> Titanfall. It's like a, it's like if they put if somebody put our names together. <laughs> oh yeah, 
if it was matter field, we'd really have something. Some kind of horrible two-headed monster. So here's what's shocking about this game. This, do you know who this game is made by? No. This game is made by the people who made Resogun. Oh, okay. Housemark. Interesting. Think about that. They went from Resogun, which was an amazing game. Probably the best PlayStation 4 launch game, for I might sure. add. Which I got for free, because I got the launch unit or whatever. It's definitely the game. It's so funny to look back on this now. But it's definitely the game I played more than any other at the launch of the PlayStation 4. But it's a very simple side-scrolling, like, mm-hmm. shmup. And here we have this. But what is it? I don't know. The thing is like, <laughs> Nobody like, can figure it out. Like what it is like, you know, I saw some people on like NeoGAF and stuff making like guesses that it might be like a Mega Man kind of thing. It might be side scroller, you know, who knows. Really? And they just think this is a CG trailer, CG trailer really showing what yeah. the game is? That would be pretty sneaky. It would. I, I don't think that's Because the there's a lot of stuff like this here where it creates the platform, you're like, that could be really cool in three D or it could just be a 2D platforming mechanic, you know? Like it, it's, it's, I don't think it's, there's any way that that game isn't a side-scrolling 2D platformer. I, I just, hope not. I don't... You cannot, in good conscience, show this trailer and then just have it, like, oh, be Mighty Shane, Number 9. how long have you been doing this? A long time! <laughs> and that's why I don't believe that to be the case. I just cannot see a Well, when we talk list. about Halo 5 later, <laughs> we'll talk about what trailers do. Yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think... This, I hope not. I hope it's like a... I mean, I got a nice uh, Vanquish vibe out of that. And, this is uh, a... Look, this... Even if this is CG and it isn't really the game, that's an expensive trailer to get made. Like, yeah. they spent a shit ton of money. If that's not real, they spent a shit ton of money to have somebody make that trailer. And to me, if it's just like a little indie side-scrolling platformer, I just... I w- I've never seen... A side-scrolling platformer with a marketing budget like that. Like, like you I never have. You don't think, I mean, like, like, like that sh- you don't think it could be, end up being like kind of like a Shadow Complex kind of thing? I could see that, maybe. But like I think still kind of that I'm this thinking. might be what the game looks like, though. Yeah, it could be. But, yeah, as far what as, if, like... What I'm, if it's both? <laughs> it could be. I don't like, know. Like, there's a lot of changing up of how the protagonist functions in this trailer. Well, I, look, the mechanics look cool. It looks yeah. like you can crystallize any part of your body and turn it into a weapon. You can crystallize enemies. It could present some really cool mechanics. Um... But again, they debuted this game, didn't really give any information for it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, here's the trailer for this game from the Resident Evil guys. Yeah. Have fun. Like, the, vid- the video that they posted, like, had no description underneath it to explain what it was, nothing. It's just mm-hmm. like, here it is, make what you will of it. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if, it, if I am getting juked here. <laughs> I hope I'm not. Do you really think that's what it is? I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Like, I can see the pedigree of Resogun in it now that you say that. Of well, like, yeah, like, all the particles. All the particle stuff. And, yeah. And all, yeah. Um, so I they have know. the tech already. Yeah, the tech's there. I mean, what if, you know, it, it's... And, again, the combat they show in the trailer has is very reminiscent to me of uh, Vanquish. Yeah, with um, the sliding and everything. the sliding yeah. and all that. So I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I'd love to play another Vanquish, even if it's not really Vanquish. For so sure, yeah. I hope it's that. Okay. I hope it's that. We shall see. Let's move on to the next game, Boundless. Mm. So Boundless, I believe this game is already on early access for PC. I think it is. is. It? I think it's also available for PC. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it's also coming to PC. It's not an exclusive for PlayStation 4. This game this game also, to me, is a mystery. I don't know much about it. It appears to be a Minecraft-style game. Mm. You got the hammer there. With much more of a integrated kind of cross-world multiplayer element. It's got the voxel-style graphics. I mean, it's got Minecraft written all over it, basically. 
I, I still can't quite figure out what's up with like the portals. It looks like maybe you have a hub world, and then those like portals take you into the worlds that other people have built. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you have you have your own universe, your own world, which is like unique, and then you can build a portal that takes you to other worlds, and you can kind of like plant your flag there if you want. Or you can work with other people to. To like build stuff, like which you see here, like in, with this whole You're previewing other I think, people's worlds. Like I think the implication here is that like this structure he's in has been built by players, right? And they want to like create like an economy where like if you're good at building, the other players will pay you to build stuff for them, or if you're good at like fighting, you can go kill things and bring back resource. Like I think that's the, the idea is that it seems to be a more uh, structured Minecraft kind of situation that has a, a bigger variety of, of, of biomes that you can instantly get to like through the portals as opposed to so here's like here's this weird like grapple hook thing that they show yeah, at the end there cool. it's like, like I think in that like thing they're on it's like it's, it, uh, I read the thing that said um, like if you explore a world a single world long enough you'll, you'll find uh, like a titan kind of thing where like if you wake it up, it'll like just kind of wander the world and destroy things or like interesting. Just, so it's and and like it's like a group dungeon almost. Like you have to gather other players to take it on, and if you can defeat it, I guess you get something or whatever. But like it's like you'll have this just this giant monster thing like wandering around the world, and you have to like get a, a group. I guess it's kind of like a like a forty man raid kind of thing. Wow. Like you, you gotta like go in and like with other players and stop it. So I think that's what they're showing when they grapple up there. Well, I'll say this. To me, looks like a Minecraft that I would actually care about and be interested in. Yeah, I'm. I'm like Dragon Quest Builders is kind of there. It's more of like an RPG mixed with mm-hmm. world building. This looks more like an action adventure cross with world building. Like the thing that never resonated. The reason Minecraft doesn't resonate with me is because there's no objective to it. Like mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I would have loved it because I just like to build stuff. When I was a kid, I had Lincoln Logs and Erector sets and all those. Legos or whatever like I just love building crap but I'm not really like that anymore like mm. there has to be some objective or some goal that I'm shooting for to motivate me to, to yeah. keep going and that's where like, or at least Minecraft like, didn't do it for me like I don't have the patience to build stuff all that much so like if there's you know this game you know makes room for people who like to build stuff as well as people like me who just want to hit things with a sharp stick like you know that's <laughs> you know if I can also be useful in that world that would be cool yeah so not a lot known about that game. Um, I should probably research it and see if it actually is coming to PC, but I thought that was the case. But uh, I don't know. I'd never heard of that game before today. Either way, an interesting game. It, again, it's just that's what, like, the seventh game we've talked about for the presser today? Yeah. Like, game we haven't really talked about, like, Horizon Zero Dawn. Something for everything. glossed over it. Something for everyone, rather. Yep. Okay, next we're going to talk about No Man's Sky, very Yay. briefly, though. And basically what we're going to talk about is they put out the new trailer today. There's all these rumors swirling around over the last couple of days that the game was coming out today. Like, literally. Which is crazy. People were like, they're stealth launching it on Tuesday. This morning. I wish. This morning, the studio comes out and says, no, 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 no. The game's not coming out today. And then two hours later, they put this trailer in Sony's presser that gives you the release date. The release date of June of 2016, Matt. It's a long time. That's a long time, my friend. Yeah. And is look, what I'm upset about. I didn't expect it this year, but I was kind of hoping March, Marchish. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, Marcus and I's fantasy game draft. I should look go back and look at that because yeah, I haven't thought about that in months. It might be interesting to see now because a lot of the game I know now a lot of the games that I picked have been delayed that Mm -hmm. I didn't that I didn't think were going to be delayed. So actually, maybe next week we'll do a little (laughs) a little catch up. Go back and look at that and maybe tally up the scores and see where we're sitting, but. But anyway, so 
One, it bothers me that it's delayed. Like, I really didn't think it'd be delayed that long. But the other part of it, too, is now it makes me wonder if PlayStation VR isn't coming out until June of 2016. I, it's real hard for me to believe you don't launch PlayStation VR alongside that game. Even though lately they've been like, I know they haven't admitted that it was anything that it's, like, actually going to happen, but, like, it's such a no-brainer. It is, It's so, it screams for it. It also screams, like, people losing their lives. Yeah. Like you can just. Get oh, I'm gonna, sucked. I'm gonna come that week. I'm gonna come into this show with the with goggles. The headset I'm like, on. Don't mind me. <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> I'm on Planet Eternia. <laughs> I just named that sauropod a Satterfieldosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my big concern: is that PlayStation VR now may be targeted, and they said Q2, Q1, Q2 for PlayStation yeah. VR. I mean, June is still Q2. I mean, it is the outer fringe of yeah. Q2, and it's right there at E3. It is. So yeah. you got. I mean, that would be it does seem a little convenient. Yeah, I mean, you know, big stuff does launch around E3. You know, Batman was right. Was supposed to be right around E3 originally yeah. this year. And uh, uh, Last of Us launched E3 week. Yeah. Um, Sony is not afraid to put a big gun uh, in stores on E3 week. It is true. So let's move on to the last game we're going to talk about from Paris Games Week, Sony's presser. And that is Uncharted 4 mm. Multiplayer. They finally debuted it today in a trailer. The beta they announced today is starting on December 4th. So not long to wait for that. Actually, yeah, that's right there. A month and a week or two. This looks amazing, by the way. Like, this is multiplayer. And look, you know, for every multiplayer mode, they generally tone down the graphics. And I think they are doing that. What did you say, Matt? It's, it's uh, multiplayer is 900p, 60 frames a second, where the uh, single player mode is 1080p, 30 frames a second. I'm sure there's a lot of moaning on the internet about oh, yeah. that 900p. But look uh, at it. Who cares? It looks I think, amazing. Yeah, I think in competitive play, it's better to have a higher frame rate. in the. You know, I mean, in, this is probably the best looking. If this is indeed... In-engine gameplay. This might be the best-looking multiplayer game I've ever seen on a console. Yeah. I mean, it looks stunning. I also love how they're incorporating all the other parts of the single player into it. I don't know if it'll work ultimately in multiplayer, but I do like that they're trying to Mm. bring all the stuff you can do from the single-player campaign into the multiplayer. Yeah, it's been a long road for Uncharted multiplayer. They've had to learn some things along the way. I mean, look, it's never really... Resonated with me big time Like it's always one of those things that like I play it to review it And then maybe I play it for like a few days after that And then I just kind of move on to something else Mm. Um, It always has like quirks I guess There's always like a caveat with It's just never something I really wanted Yeah You know never When playing the other Uncharted's It never occurred to me like You know what would be great Yeah I just I I think it's one of those things Where it helps them motivate people To buy the game Instead of just getting it from like Gamefly or whatever Well also I think at the time like you know, PlayStation didn't have a Gears right. equivalent, and yeah. this was kind of that for that time. Also, and what we just saw there was some supernatural stuff, like yeah, weird like totems that you can throw out that sends out this like demon gas that seems to like <laughs> possess people. There was one shot where like she turned on fire and like teleported, which makes you believe you know Uncharted Four is going to have some supernatural stuff to it. Uh, they, you know, they always do. Yeah. Somewhere in there, it's always a little weird. Yeah, and they always kind of always kind of break the combat system in the final act a little yeah. bit. But, uh, yeah. but I'm excited after watching this. Like, you know, I don't know if I've seen anything that's going to make me want to play it for, you know, months after it comes out or anything. But it does look really good. Yeah, and it looks like it'll be something different, which is hard to say in this day and age, even with multiplayer games. So, there you have it. That is the wrap for Sony's Paris Games Week press conference. 
That's a whole lot of stuff, man. That's a, that's from a bomb one they dropped right there. And look, that was no third-party stuff there at all. That's all it's like first-party. There's, you know, the one game maybe it's coming to PC, but that was quite a press conference. I got to say, man. Yeah. One of the best ones I've seen in quite a while. And that's saying something coming off of E3 where at they literally just E3, blew yeah. our doors off. So I mean, the only thing they could have done was announce a Kickstarter for Half-Life Episode Three. Yeah, or a new <laughs> Castlevania, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but we know that's not happening. All right, it's time to move on to our trailer of the week. And this is for a game that we've actually, I think we ran as a trailer of the week, maybe one of the first couple episodes we ever did of Game yeah. Face. Uh, it was the, lo- the debut trailer that we ran mm-hmm. the first time. But here is a trailer for Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. It's really the second trailer that's epic. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been putting out these little snippets of media here and there since that first trailer. This is the first one that they put out since the debut trailer that really kind of blew my socks off. Let's roll it. I used to know what tomorrow looked like. Before the world split in two. Everything changed then. Including me. Agent Jensen, am I going to have a problem with you? No, sir. No reason to assume you would. They made me what I am. A high-end weapon. And now, they want to put people like me in a cage. Hunting the elite who thrive in the shadows takes more than just a man. You're not going to go all wonky on us now, Hansa, are you? I guarantee you'll never see it coming. It takes a weapon who chooses to believe. A better future is possible. If I can survive long enough to see it. Good stuff there, people. Yep. I'm pretty excited for that game. Yep. I wish it was coming out this year, but... I actually am glad it's well, not coming out this year. It's a little crowded, <laughs> I'm just struggling trying to keep up with everything that's coming out right now. Want that game being tossed into the mix? No thanks. Like, I think Fallout's getting here in, like, two days. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have, like, two weeks to finish Fallout for review. And we got Battlefront, and then we got Just Cause 3's in there in December. Yeah, I know. And Just Cause 3, I mean, that game's huge. It is huge, yeah. I mean, I'm... Drowning right now in games, yeah. dude. I, I'm glad that that game's not coming out. I don't even know what I'm going to play. Get to play the game that we're talking about right now. Yeah, and so that's a nice segue, Matt. So for our deep dive, we are going to talk about Halo Five Guardians. I've actually been playing the game for the last well over a week. That's actually one game where they actually did give us code and plenty of time to get the review ready. Um, even though the game eval isn't up yet, it's because I'm waiting to play on public servers before delivering the game eval. The game is actually written, and I've already played on public servers now for a day. So probably when we get done recording tonight, I'm going to go home, polish off that game about and publish it. So you'll probably see it tonight. 
But yeah. we're going to do a deep dive of it right here on Game Face to talk about it. Um, Matt, fire away. What do you want to know about Halo 5? Um, well, you know, previously we did talk about um, the concern about there's no, you know, standard Halo multiplayer in yeah. the game. You know, there's, there's Warzone, which is sort of the... Well, let's talk about campaign first. So, let's, oh, you want to talk about Yeah, campaign? let's try to keep it structured. So let's talk campaign first, then let's right. move to multiplayer. Just like we used to write them. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so campaign first. Um, so we've been subjected to quite the barrage of, you know, media and, you know, ARG stuff and, you know, Hunt the Truth and the Locke versus Master Chief kind of stuff. Um... How did that all pay off in the game? Is that is that in there? What the lock versus Master Chief yeah. thing? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. And, and like you know, there's. I mean, obviously, there's the. You know, I'm referring to the IGN article about how like Microsoft lied to you with the Halo Five trailers. Do you well, feel no. like you got lied to? No, Do you, don't, no, doesn't no. it seem more to me more a little more like um. There is... A misleading trailer, so it doesn't give away what it's actually about? Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what it is. Look, there is an altercation between Chief and Locke. But no one's, like, shooting each other in the head but in the like, desert back and forth like look, they did in the, in the trailer. I'll say one thing about what IGN said. Do you remember that trailer where they did, like, the two versions of yeah, the trailer? Exactly, one yeah. where Chief finds Locke, like, almost dead, and the other one where Locke finds Chief almost dead... None of that ever happens in the game. <laughs> None of it. Like, what about like thematically? Is that is there anything like no, no, no? Where did that come so from? Basically, what happens is, and look, I'm going to write this on my gamey val, and so I'm not going to feel bad about talking about it here. Is basically Cortana isn't dead, like, okay. which to me is the biggest piece of bullshit. <laughs> I cannot tell you how mad I was. When I realized, because look, at the end of Halo 4, I didn't really like the campaign in Halo 4 all that much. Like, I don't remember as, anything about Halo 4. I, yeah, because it was like, kill everybody, flip a switch, kill everybody, flip a yeah. switch. There's nothing to remember about the campaign gameplay-wise. But one thing I did remember is the freaking story where Cortana fucking dies. Like, that hurt. Like, I literally felt something when Cortana sacrifices herself for Chief. And then they just like are like, nope, didn't happen. Like... Screw you, man. Like, <laughs> that's bullshit. Like, you can't do that. You can't, like, take your fan... Like, Cortana was, like, the second biggest character in the whole franchise next to Chief. And truth be told, most Halo fans cared more about Cortana than Chief because Chief's pretty much a jerk. So <laughs> you have this sympathetic character that you've had, like, people building these feelings for for a decade... And you kill her. And, like, if you don't feel a little something when that happens, like, you're dead inside. And I did. Like, it bothered me. I felt... It affected me. And then you get into this game, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. We're getting transmissions from Cortana from far-flung parts of the galaxy. Like, screw you, man. Screw you. <laughs> so that's what happened. So... He gets a. Do you trans- think that still would have happened if they hadn't named their, uh, their like their search yeah. feature thing Cortana? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you can't kill off the OS. If you Come can't on. tell. I'm really pissed off about that. Yeah, the whole tell. plot in this game. <laughs> so that's what happens. Like these transmissions start coming in from Cortana. Of course, Chief goes to investigate them. The USNC or whatever. I can't remember what the what it is. Is U- UNSC at USNC whatever. Uh, not UNSC, UNSC Space Corps. Yeah. Sends Locke and Osiris team after Chief to like stop him. That's, Osiris team. Right. That's that's a subtle name choice. Yeah, well, <laughs> well Chief's team is like blue team, so <laughs> pick your poison on that one. And so 
That's the plot. It's it's not even that like. So Chief goes to rescue Cortana that we thought was dead, and they send the god the team well, named after the like god rescue. of death to chase him. Right. It's like, not even it's, rescue. It's like investigate. He's right. like Cortana could be alive. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on. I'm not going to spoil any more of the plot other than that. And they send Locke after Chief to like stop him and bring him back or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not that he hates Chief or anything like that, or they're like rivals. There's no vendetta. There's no, no like no, not at all. But like Chief doesn't turn against humanity or anything. No, like that. it's yeah. like they, you know, Master Chief is like the bad. Guy. No, like it's none of that. Because like the commercials certainly seem to imply it's like you know when when we can't control him when he betrays humanity we have them like what? Like, yeah, what? it's all a bunch of garbage. That's all garbage. So do you do you think that's like wrong or is it just I do like, I just freaked out. I think it's all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, Cortana, yeah, but like in terms of like the 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 marketing material kind of like misleading you. It is a little misleading, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to play the campaign and be like, "What happened? Wait, where is mm-hmm. this stuff that you guys marketed to me?" That, you know, again, the whole so, marketing thing is kind of gray area anyway. Because if so you never looked is, at any commercials, you wouldn't know any of that stuff anyway. So, so how is gameplay-wise the campaign like, compared to, like, say, Halo 4 with the flip of Switch? It's way on? better. Yeah. Like, the gameplay part of it is better. Like, the mission objectives are more varied. Um, there's, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a lot of different situations that you get put in. I think my one complaint would be that you play as Locke and, and Team Osiris way too much. Um, you probably play as... Shades of the Arbiter. What'd you say? Shades of the Arbiter. Yeah. <laughs> How prophetic you are, Matt. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil something else about the game, but, but anyway, you, I, I would say you play as Team Osiris way too much. Mm. Um, you don't get to play as Chief and his crew of people as much as you should. It's not 50-50. I would say it's probably 60-40 Osiris over Blue Team. That bothers me. Um, but it is more varied. There's a, a lot more interesting objectives to complete. Um, it's it's not just flipping a switch. You do get to use, like, all the vehicles in the game, although they're, like, novelty. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not enough, like, Halo in this campaign where you're, like, in big, wide-open spaces and, like, you're at the turret of the Warthog and you're flying around and there's all these vehicles from the Covenant. You know, there's not... There's, not a, there's like, one mission where that happens. Like, it's like... That was well, a problem with Halo 4 as well. Yeah, it's this... this I'll say one thing. This game is way closer to Halo 4 than it is to Halo 3, 2, 1. Mm. It is still, like, you still fight the same, like, eight enemy types over and over and over again. I don't know why. I can't understand it. There's one boss that you literally fight, like, 14 times throughout the campaign. Like, it, why? Look, I get that there's, like, races in this game. And, like, the Prometheans are back again. So you have to do the whole thing where, like, they have, like, the drone that follows them around that provides mm. a shield. And you have to shoot the drone first before you can shoot the Promethean. Like, in that way, it's just like Halo 4. But they have mixed up things a lot better. My other big complaint about it is that all the cool stuff you see, like, that one trailer we saw that we showed as our trailer of the week the one week where they're, like, sliding down the hill. Mm. And, like, the coolest stuff in this game you don't do. Well, then that what I said sit. when we saw that trailer? I'm like, I mean, I know that looks really great, but, like, when you play it, you're just going to be playing Halo. The whole game is like that, yeah. yeah. Like, they show you these awesome cinemas. You're like, I want to do that. I don't want to watch this happen. Like, I want to be the one in control of this. And, like, that happens all the way through the game. Like, they're, the game is gorgeous. You can see in the video we're showing, it's gorgeous. Runs like a, <laughs> like, snot on a doorknob. I mean, the <laughs> game, it just, the engine is just beastly. And then they shove you into these pre-rendered cinemas. Like, the game looks so good. You don't need to do pre-rendered. It's like, 
It's like they ran out of time, and they're like, we don't have time to make these cutscenes in engines, so let's farm them out to yeah. some CG house. And so that's what they did. And so, honestly, I did not enjoy playing this campaign after the first, like, four hours. And to be honest with you, it was only about seven hours long. Wow. Like, it literally was, I think my time in the game said, like, six hours and 40 minutes. But, mm. you know, it was actually a little longer than that. But... Yeah, I did not enjoy the campaign. It's better than Halo 4's, but that's not saying much. I mean, I don't know what your impression was of Halo 4's campaign, but to I me... I didn't have one. Really. Yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't like fighting the Prometheans. I think they're just bullet sponge nonsense. I mean, that's and, this game in a nutshell. And, like, I just... I, I, again, I don't remember anything about Halo 4. All I remember... I remember the beginning with the Shield World arrival, and I remember Cortana sacrificing herself, and... Well, there was the Didact. But I don't the even... The bad guy, the Didact... The guy that had, like, the crazy mask that would, like, transform and go over his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. I, I didn't care. Look, there's this whole... There's nothing in Halo 4 that made me care about anything that happened in Halo 4. There's this whole, like, Forerunner thing going on underneath right. the hood. But, like, it's so ambiguous and, like... I don't know, man. Like, the other part of it, too, is that, like, all the characters are just, like, archetypes. There's, like, the wisecracking guy. There's the hard-ass. There's the smart girl. There's How's, the... How is it being, like, chief as part of a team as opposed to a... I hate it. Like, the whole point of Master Chief is that he's the baddest MF'er in the galaxy. And now all of a sudden he needs three schleps with him to, like, get the job done? Like... See, that's interesting that you say that because in the, you know, the, the novels, the expanded universe, they go out of their way to establish that... Master Chief is just really average. Oh, up for a Spartan, like he's right. like there were like people who were, the guys who were faster and they were you know better shots and they were tougher or stronger. But he was kind of everything. He was the middle of the road. He, for he was middle of the road, and that and and you, they actually allude to that in the, in the opening monologue of Halo Three, where she says, you know, you, you know, you know, why did she? Why did I pick you? Because because you were lucky. Basically. Yeah, like he he's lucky. See, I just, Which is I've never explain. read a book, I've never read a comic for this. <laughs> All I've done is played the video games. Yeah. And so that, to me, is... But if game. you just play the games, you would definitely get the impression that he is the baddest motherfucker well, yeah, around. Yeah, he takes on because... entire races yeah. on his own and wins. Like, and now all of a sudden you need, like, these three people tagging along and, like, you know, the whole game, they, like, they, you know, they're going AWOL against mm. the USNC. But and like they rarely ever mention like you know we're probably screwing ourselves by like doing this like every <laughs> once in a while they're like we're behind you all the way chief like this this game is a preteen boy's wet dream like that's the best way to put it if you're an adult you're gonna laugh at the plot in this game it's just it's silly there's no motivation for any of the stuff that happens like like I said after four hours of it I was ready to quit. But I knew, obviously, I had to finish it for review because it was the same crap over and over. I was fighting the same enemies over and over. Once I had used all the vehicles and, like, they're all, like I said, they're token implementation of the vehicles. Like, you get a vehicle and you use it for, like, the end section of a level. Or mm. you went in and infiltrated this base and then you get in, like, a ship and fly away. Like, it, there's no extended use of any of the vehicles in the campaign. Like, I don't know, man. So, uh... Bit of a thumbs down on the campaign. Yeah, I'm not a fan at all. And um, obviously, but, multiplayer, though, is why people yeah. buy Halo. And you're more of a multiplayer guy. I am. Like, look, I like campaigns, but for shooters, like, if I'm telling somebody whether they should buy a shooter or not, if 95% of my recommendation is going to be based upon the mm -hmm. multiplayer. And uh, I enjoyed the multiplayer. 
I'll say one thing. I got my ass handed to me for the first week I played this game because we were playing with, like, all the testers <laughs> from 343. And, like, you know, they've been playing the game for, like, two years. I'll never understand why publishers do this. Why they put journalists, when they're reviewing a game, into the servers with the testers. Like, it is insane. Well, they do. I think they mostly do tell the testers to take it easy, but I feel like you don't even know what easy is right. at that point. I mean, maybe they were taking it easy, yeah. but they were just mopping the floor with the journalist, dude. And, like, the other part of it, too, is, and look, this is just something that's inherent to Halo, is that Halo is all about the weapon you have. Mm -hmm. And this game is just like that. Like, you... When you spawn, you have, like, a battle rifle. And then it, the race is on to try to find <laughs> the power weapons. And, like, these people have been playing the game for two years. So you, everybody spawns, they run and they get the rocket launcher. They run and get the sniper rifle. And you've you got your little pea shooter. And, look, it... That, again, that's just something that's inherent to Halo. That's the way it's always been. And it's a matter of, like, learning the maps, learning the places where the weapons are. And so, it'll, in, in that way, it's the same. Now, they've added aiming down the sights... I don't feel like that's really sacrificed the Halo vibe at all. Um, if anything, it's just kind of brought it to parity with every other game. Like Especially because you get knocked out of it pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, oh, the other thing I should have mentioned about the campaign is that you can be revived. Oh. By your teammates. By your teammates? Yeah. Oh, well, you never die. Little Republic Commando, actually. I think I, actually, when I finished the campaign, I had died ten times total. Ten total. Through the wow. whole campaign. What did you play on? Normal? or Normal. normal? I always, I, when I review games, I always play on normal. Because that's what most mm -hmm. people play on. So... I died ten times through the whole game. And that was when I got hit by, like, a rocket. Like, that's the only way you die. Because otherwise, you get felled, and they just come and heal you. You hit, like, X or whatever, and it'll signal for them to come and heal you. So I should have mentioned that. But And so multiplayer is broken up into, like, two sections. There's arena, which is, like, classic Halo. And it has, like, team deathmatch and capture the flag and capture and hold variants and stuff like that. But it's, like... It's smaller. Small. It's four, like four, four on four. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. The maps are all puny. No vehicles. No. It's... Yeah. There's no, like... It's not a complete Halo experience. No. Like, all the base stuff that you would expect in a Halo game is not there. Like, there's no big team Slayer. Like, mm -hmm. they're the Slayer four on four. It's like... And look, they make the map so that it works, but they're really small, and there's no vehicles, and, you know, if there were, it wouldn't work anyway, because the maps are too small right. to use a freaking vehicle. Like, if you're a Blood Gulch fan, there's yeah. nothing here. Yeah, which, who isn't? Right. Like, hello? <laughs> so, then the other part of it is Warzone, and Warzone is this weird, like, asymmetrical, like, team-based, like... You know, I don't even know what the hell I was doing half the time, Matt. Like, honestly, it is so confusing how it works. There's this stuff called, like, wrecks, where basically they're, like, card packs that you buy, and you can earn the currency by playing the game to buy the card packs, or, of course, you can spend real money to buy them. Naturally. And, of course, the more you spend, the better chance you have of getting rares, and there's, like, three different kinds of cards. Like, one of them's, like, a burn card where you can use it once. It's, like, uh, like Titanfall. Mm -hmm. And there's or four, it's a six. Yeah. And Microsoft's on a card kick right now. And then you can get them, like, some are just, like, uh, for cosmetics, for, like, what your soldier looks mm -hmm. like. And some of them are, like, weapons. And so there's a whole strategy of, like, well, I'm already losing this match, so I don't really want to use one of my rec cards. It's, like, it just, it's not balanced because, look, people can just all of a sudden have, like, a crazy freaking weapon. It's, like. So you can use them, like, on the fly. Yeah. Like, well, not when you just respawn. Yeah, well, when you can do it when you respawn, and there's little like stations located around the mm. mats where you can go and like cash them in. Yeah, and cash them oh, yeah. in. And 
it just makes the whole thing like random. And I think that's just what my opinion was of this multiplayer in general. And Halo's always kind of been this way. Is it is just mm-hmm. random. Like I don't feel like the better player wins or the best team wins. It's like, oh, that guy pulled out a wreck card and now he's a rocket launcher. And I've got my freaking Magnum. Like, and you go head to head with some guy who just used one of his wreck cards, you're just dead. Like, I still had fun. That's mm-hmm. the crazy part about Did it. Did it improve or change for you when you switched, when you started playing public servers, like, after the game went live? I mean, look, I only use public, I only wanted to use public servers just to make sure, like, for sure latency and lag and make sure that matchmaking worked mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I played four or five hours on public servers just to check that stuff. I haven't really gone out in the wild and played with other people who were like level three or level four like I was um, to see like if maybe I was better at the game when I played against people with equal skill level. But I still had fun with it. Like the war zone, like there's objectives where like one is like one team attacks like a base, the other team tries to defend it. And there's like a little bit of a MOBA vibe in there as well, like the way it works and like the roles that people are assigned. It is different, but... When I start thinking about a shooter that I want to play, like, long-term, like, I don't want it to be random. Like, mm-hmm. there's some fun in that, and it's, like, a good diversion. But when you start talking about, like, am I going to play this game for, like, 300 hours? I won't. What about the, won't. the mobility changes? Do they, do they improve it, or is it just compared to, like, Black Ops or, or Call of Duty? It just doesn't... I honestly... Up, it didn't even really register with me, Matt, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, there's a cool, like, charge you can do... And, like, there's parts in the campaign where you have to, like, charge through, like, walls and stuff like that. So it kind of teaches you to use it through the campaign. But, you know, after playing, like, Advanced Warfare or even playing the the beta for Black Ops 3, it doesn't seem that fast. Like, it it does have, like, Eternal Sprint. Mm -hmm. um, But, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just conditioned to playing shooters so fast now that it just didn't seem... Mm -hmm. It's a little faster than your typical Halo, but... So would you say someone was like a Halo fan, but they were let down by four? Do you think this game will fix that for them or change their mind? Like, what would, what should they do? I would say the campaign's a little better, um, not great, but still mm-hmm. a little better. I would say the story's worse. Story's worse. Playing the campaign's a little better. So maybe overall they're kind of on this equal footing. <laughs> um, I would say multiplayer. I mean, look, eventually the big team modes are going to come. Yeah. I think they said in like two months they're going to come. And I think it'll be a lot better then. Like I think Merry it's, Christmas. Here's, right. Here's the actual multiplayer. Here's the actual game. <laughs> and I think it's a travesty that it didn't launch with that stuff. And I think it may turn a lot of people off. I don't know if they're going to stick around. Because look, Halo 4 had a good launch online. But a month later, it was crickets. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It's, maybe it goes back to what you're saying about Assassin's Creed with Unity. Is like, maybe people are so burned, they pick this up and they're like, wait a minute. Like... Where's the Halo? Mm. Halo multiplayer to me is vehicles. Driving around in a Warthog with two of your good buddies in the Warthog. One shooting out, is out the side, the other at the turret, and you're driving around trying to run people over. Like, there's just none of that, like, in this. There's a little bit of it in the Warzone. You can see it here, and we're showing it right now. Like, but look, it's like there's one ghost. Like, it just... <laughs> Where is Where's the, the chaos? Yeah, it, you don't get that. And the other part, too, is I feel like they changed the physics on the vehicles. Like, they're way more, like, floaty and squirrely now. Like, they flip over so easy. And, like, the warthogs don't even feel like they're attached to the ground. And, look, they've always been, like, slidey. You want yeah. them to be slidey. That's fun. Like, the power yeah, slidey, slidey bouncy kind of, yeah. But now they're just, like, I don't know. It's like playing Moon Rover. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, uh... Look, I had fun with the game. 
I've played it for a week and a half now. I don't know that I'll go back and play it much more after this. Maybe mm. once all the other modes come out, I'll go back again and maybe see if now I'm having fun with it. But I would say overall, I'm pretty disappointed in Halo 5. Wow. And everyone will see my gaming vow. Although I pretty much just spilled my guts. You don't even <laughs> have to read my gaming vow after what, watching what, this. Well, but... now I know how loud to read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did do a little screaming. Hopefully the audio didn't just completely flatten out during that whole segment because I was yelling, or yelling pretty loudly. But... Uh, but yeah, that's my opinion of Halo 5 at this All point. Right. So, mine gets here Thursday, so uh, I'm looking forward. Well, how to about that. this? How about <laughs> how about when you get it, you let me know, and I'll jump right. on and I'll try to show you the rest. Because I'm telling you, like Warzone is really com- that's the thing I don't like about it is it's complicated. It takes a really long time to even understand what the hell's going on. I think like I wonder if like you know, obviously I haven't played it, so I don't hey, know. Hey, start sending in your questions now. If you have any questions yeah. that you want to ask. But I wonder if like. You know, is it is there is does Warzone have an added level of frustration to it in the sense that you you know that's your only option for sort of large scale Halo action in this game, and then you have this like kind of learning barrier of like how I, how do I play this? Yeah, and, like, I mean, you, I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, there's, there's got to be some frustration there. I would it was think. frustrating, and like I said, you're all I was also playing against testers, so right. who were relentless. It's like, <laughs> dude. I don't even know how to, like, what these wreck. Oh, I'm dead. Like, <laughs> well, wait a minute. So there's, like, this level, oh, but dead. Like, it, it, there is there is a, an element of that. And, look, I've reviewed games long enough to kind of to be able to separate that, that mm-hmm. frustration and understanding, like, well, these guys have been playing it for two years, and they're going to kick my ass, and that's the way it is. But please just let me, like, get a loadout. Like, give me a chance. So I'm looking through my cards. Yeah. You activated look, my trap card. What and, are you doing? And one Come thing on. I will say is that, you know, you can spend real money to get rec cards, but the game does do a good job of giving you plenty for free. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get a lot of ultra rares for free. I think I got, like, one out of all right. the ones I earned. Just enough to... Just to, enough so you know that you can get yeah. them. <laughs> Just enough to let you see what you're missing. Right, exactly. But it's not like if you're not paying money, you're, like, deprived of rec cards. Right. Like, you, I have, you know, right now, I have, like, dozens and dozens of them. And some of them are, like, for vehicles, and there's some for weapons, and there's different levels of them. And, like, how it works is during matches, like, the announcer will be, like, level three rec cards now available. So it alerts mm. you to says, okay, now I can use, like, a launcher, or now I can use a warthog or whatever. Okay. So they're clearly trying to, like, escalate the game as it goes on. Yep. But for sure. you don't feel like they're just hitting that fever pitch that Halo kind of is defined. Well, I mean, it just in the end, it just comes down to the action. Right. Like, either the action is there or it isn't. And to me, the Halo action is not there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, again, they're going to put out all those modes that, I, that everybody wants to play. Why they would not put those in at launch. See, to me, you put in the base modes first, and then you release, like, the Warzone stuff later. <laughs> like... Yeah. Make sure the fans are really happy at first, and then say, "Hey, check out this other movie we've been working on. We're having fun with it with you, you know, know the studio. You know how everything works. You know how it's fun. Yeah. It's now that you know exactly. Now that you've mastered all the new weapons that are in the game, and you've got used to the new physics of the vehicles, like now try this new asymmetrical thing that we got with these crazy card packs. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like people would be a lot more open to accepting it if they had done it in that order instead of doing it in reverse. And again, like." They lost some fans with Halo 4. Like, there's a lot of people who played Halo 4 that like, were like, this isn't Halo anymore. I don't like it. Well, I wonder... And they left. And so you want to ingratiate your new game to those people, not alienate those mm. people right out of the gate. I just wonder if there's an element of like, well, we could introduce Warzone later, but then that means introducing microtransactions later, and people don't react to that well. Or maybe just get rid of the freaking microtransactions. 
<laughs> now you're talking crazy. <laughs> All right, let's see if we got any questions here. Oh, let's see. Couldn't agree more on Halo 5 from the J-Bone 29. Matthew, what's your most anticipated game of the fall? I think we've answered that before. Fallout for me. Um, probably, I, I, I can't decide between Fallout and Battlefront. Probably Fallout at this point because I played the beta Battlefront, so I like kind of know what I'm getting there, where it's like Fallout's still this giant question mark. Yeah. Uh, Dogface Pig, what time will Pactor Factor go up on Saturday? Probably noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, let's see. Life is Strange got a 5 from Shane. I'm guessing this game will get like a four. <laughs> hmm. That's from Dragon Slayer ninety one, I believe. Um, why am I watching the stream? Because I gave Life is Strange a five. Uh, that's Dyson XP. Dyson, you should look at the explanation for our game evals, and uh, maybe you'll understand. Like a five is not a bad score on Sifted. You got to forget about everyone else's weird like seven to ten scoring system. We do not go by that. Five is average for us, and we also anyway. If you look at the Life is Strange review, there's a little link at the very bottom that goes to a page that explains our gaming vows. Click on that, and after you read that, I think you might understand a little more. Uh, let's see. Any plans on posting a weekly schedule? Do you mean for, like, streams and stuff like that? Yes, somebody suggested that in the comments of one of the articles on Sifted. That is definitely something we're looking into doing. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, here's a good one. From the Lord X, with uh, Detroit and GT Sport being announced today, what do you expect Sony to reveal at PSX this year? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Well, I maybe think... just like and more more details on what they've already shown. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I don't. I mean, they maybe will announce a game. Yeah. But I think probably what we're going to see is a brand new demo for Uncharted Four. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe another demo for The Last Guardian. It'll be kind of due. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't maybe, be surprised. Maybe a release date for the Last Guardian. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised too if they do another big focus on VR. Yeah, it is a huge bet for them. And uh, the price, maybe. I mean, look, they're going to start shoving PlayStation VR down our throats, people. Like yeah. it's coming. Like they have to. They this is a huge bet for them. They've dumped a ton of money into it. Later, they're, GDC. GDC is going to be like VR. GDC is always had a VR anyway. thing anyway, but like, <laughs> but yeah, I I think PlayStation and Oculus are going to rule GDC in a in a VR way this time. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't count on any big announcements at PSX this year, to be honest with you. I, I think, think the PSX is going to be more of like a hey, let's let the fans touch what we've been talking about yeah. all year. That's probably pretty good. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Most anticipated game for 2016. No from, Man's Sky. From Vox91. No Man's Sky. For me, it's Zelda U. We'll see if that comes out next year. Make <laughs> it hope. <laughs> we'll see if it's still on the Wii U. Let's see. I did buy an Amiibo today, though. The uh, Mario Maker pixelated Mario am- Amiibo. I found that at Best Buy today, so I bought that. Let's see, favorite game so far of Paris Game Week. We kind of talked about that already. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Robinson, of the new stuff, Robinson is the thing that caught my attention most because I'm a dinosaur nerd, but uh, Wild is up there too. Wild for me, definitely, without a doubt. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Oh, and uh, Dreams. I really liked 
I don't really understand it yet. But I don't I, understand it either. Even after that demo, I still no. But I but <laughs> I like what I see, and I I you know I like Media Molecule. I trust those guys to make something amazingly like cool, even if it's not something I quite understand. Yeah. Uh, Shane, which Life is Strange ending did you pick? I don't know if I want to spoil like the end of that game for everybody. I haven't even played the game yet. So. Yeah. I was well, waiting for all the episodes. Let's see if I can frame it in a way that nobody will know what I'm talking about except for people who have played it. Um, hmm. Don't trust the smiling penguin. I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. I hooked up my best friend. That's what I did. See one more. I'm picturing you like connecting a dog to a TV with an HDMI cable. That question was from <laughs> Netflix, I believe. Uh, one last question: Are mods going to be enrolled in the forums beta automatically, or do we need to ask to join? To uh, ask to join, just uh, just to be safe. And again, anyone who wants to be involved in the beta for our forums, just leave your request in the comments for this episode. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around till the end of the show. I know it's late for a lot of you. Um, hell, it's late on the West Coast right yeah. now. <laughs> Anyone in Europe, you're godlike. Thank you so much. Some people may have got up for work and watched the show in Europe, actually. They may have lapped all the way around to where they were. Yeah, some people may be listening to this on their commute. Right. Or, yeah, or having, like, their morning coffee or whatever. So if, if, if that's the case, good morning to you. But uh, as always, thanks for tuning into the live stream. We appreciate it. It's always good to have feedback and Q&A at the end of the show. Um, everybody look out for Pactor Factor on Saturday. Really excited to roll that out. Everybody have an excellent evening. Game Face is up and out.